0: Nobody trying to hear that bullshit.
1: Peace stars, what's up? It's your boy Eru. Shout out to Evergreen on the beat there. We finally got the beat onto the intro there. So dope beat from from Mr. Evergreen. Evergreen is all over MBK as far as like soundtrack. He's like the soundtrack of MBK. So anyway, shout out to everybody here. You got to bring State up in here. What's good, State? Yo, what's up, brother? Chilling, man. State is at home today. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man we, we was gonna do a part yesterday man i went on without you just um you know just because i was here so
2: yeah i seen it man seen it man that was a goodie i was a goodie i seen yo' and
1: i seen that and i
2: seen the fact that you do the pause with the guy who did the um <laughs> who did the the parody whatever it's called of me and i appreciate that dude man <laughs> okay Oh, you're talking about um, (laughs) yeah. He's like, I don't even wear this. I'm not even at work. I just like putting this on.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh
1: man. But he's actually a comedian. He actually gets paid for for making making fun of people. So. Oh, oh, that's good. (laughs) Gotta check him out one day. Uh, no, I definitely got to. Yeah, man. Analogies um, are kicking my ass, man. My, I feel like I got like rocks in my eyes back there. I'm trying to, like, I can barely see you and shit, you know? It's crazy. It's all right, man. How's my audio? My audio's good?
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. All right. yeah. I, man,
2: it, it was pollen spores all over Harlem today, so I had to get out of there. I got my windows closed, too. I, I'm playing with that, man. Be sneezing everywhere. But, um,
1: Let's get right into it,
2: man.
1: <laughs> yeah, hey, we get we get into it, but we we got to salute to Stop Videos. He's yeah. been asking yeah. us constantly about doing this call and stuff. So listen, we, we we're gonna um get some states uh, opinion on on the whole center stuff. We're gonna do that first. And then right after that, we'll get right into some um combine stuff, you know, some draft stuff, and um uh, we'll we'll do the um we'll do phone calls at the same time, man. So just um tune in. We'll do this little segment, you know, first talking about the centers and stuff, and then we'll get into that um the call and stuff. So so tune in for that.
2: Yep. Um, so let's get right into it. Um, Mitchell Robinson. So you know Mitchell Robinson is basically not a Nick right now. Um, he's a unrestricted free agent, but we have his ver rights. So if he wants to be a Nick, he could come right back. But obviously, uh, you know, the ball is in his court. Um, if I'm Mitch Robinson, I would not come back to the Knicks. The reason why I would not come back to the Knicks is because y'all don't have a point guard, one, and y'all point guards always shooting the damn ball at the pick and roll. i never received the ball in the, in the post for easy post pass. Two, my family already hates it here. Remember that his uncle... I think his uncle or something, his uncle or one of his relatives say, no, I can't wait to get my nephew out of New York. And three, if I'm Mitchell Robinson, how the hell you dudes paid Nurlands Noel before me and y'all drafted me and I've been here for four years. That's just me personally, if I'm Mitchell Robinson. But I would love to re-sign him. Um it, me, I'm at the point where it doesn't matter, like 12 million to 15 million. Uh Resigned Mitchell Robinson. He's been here for four years. I feel like he could get better. Uh he was top five in offensive rebounds, top five in block shots per game, uh, top five in total steals and blocks um in on the season. I believe first was Jaron Jackson Jr. Um so there's a lot of things that he could bring to the table, but it's a lot of negatives as well. Um notable that his offensive game is horrible. Um, the man, I, I don't know if I could give him a post up and I'm confident that he'll get me a bucket. Uh he hasn't elevated his game in four years. Um <laughs> you know, a little simple stuff, and he cannot set a screen. I think that's one of the main things that people get pissed off with Mitchell Robinson. Um, uh, so you know, the ball is in his court, you know. If, if he wants to be a Nick, you know, we could pay him. Obviously, Brock Allard didn't want to pay Mitchell Robinson, he wanted to trade him during the middle of the season, and Detroit wanted Mitchell Robinson. That was reported. Uh, so you know, Dal, how you feel about this whole, you know, Mitchell Robinson situation? And <laughs>
1: well, you know, I hate him, I'm just letting you speak nicely about him, but I mean, listen, mm-hmm. the uh. One thing about, about, um, like nerlens the Well and Taj Gibson and stuff like that, the reason why we got those guys is because Mitch mm-hmm. Robinson sucks. Injury, injury, <laughs> no, injury, whatever. I mean, Taj Gibson can't stay, he can't play every single game. nerlens the Well is, is a walk in infirmary, you know, he can't stay healthy either. But we got those guys, um, you know, because nerlens the Well, uh, you know, showed, uh, you know, showed that he could play, he, he played pretty good with, with OKC. You know, um, um, as an uh, NBA journeyman, a lot of the scouts are saying that he might be coming into his own going into that to that next level where where he will be um, able to um, to solidify your defense, you know, or be a big part of a team's rotation. Um, when when Mitch Robinson went hurt and and, and um, during the, that pandemic season, you know, Nolas as well um, saved our season as a starting center. You know, so you got you got to give him credit for that too. You know, so um, if if there's anybody that, um, that you want to um, that you have to beat out, you know, Nunez the well and Taz Gibson is not that hard to beat out, you know. So Mitchell Robinson, you know, is, is the ball is in his court to to do that, and you know, you know, injuries is one thing, but I mean, him and his trainer decided to gain weight after breaking his foot. You know, he was he couldn't get in shape all year because he was too heavy. You know, it, it's like a lot a lot of things like that. So so excuses from uh, from um, from one side from Nick's side, which is all valid, but there's also a lot of stuff on his side too. You know that that he has to he has to figure out. So I mean, like if, if he like if if his family is tired of it, they don't they don't like New York because everybody from the down south don't like New York. You know what I'm saying? So I don't like you guys neither, man. So fuck, fuck off. You know what I'm saying? Fuck off if you're watching. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know we don't give a fuck about you guys, you corny motherfuckers either. You know what I'm saying? But um, you know because that, that's the energy that that Mitch Robinson and you know his family seem to his uncles and stuff. And his dad, or whatever the fuck, they, that's the energy they seem to be giving off. So listen, go go to Detroit if you can, you know, go to Detroit, see if you can, if you can get on um the the Pelicans roster if you can, because you know they got Valentutis there, you know um he he's a free agent also. Um, I would rather pay Valentutis. you know. There's other players in this league that that we can give money to, or we the, or we could that we could work a trade to try to get, you know. what I'm saying so to so to hell with Mitch Robson. That's that's my opinion on him, you know, because I mean my, my thing with the with the rebounding offensive is dope. But um, you know he's got to be able to solidify that defense on on um, you know, uh, get the stop, get the rebound. Is getting the stop, you know, a lot of different things that he doesn't do. He doesn't, he doesn't he doesn't protect Julius Randle. He don't protect RJ. You know he's supposed to be the enforcer. He's paid to to be that that energy guy. And you know, you know, right now he's a free agent. So hopefully, you know, he wish him the best wherever he goes.
2: I mean, no. Or we
1: can keep him. I don't know.
2: I, I, you know, I, that's where I'm at with it. Like, we could keep him, we could let him go. Do you think I'm too tough on him? Um, no, not really. Uh, the criticism is warranted, but I don't think I, I don't think you should be that harsh on him because of the situation. It, it reminds me of R.J. Barrett uh, when I'm defending R.J. Barrett and the other young guys. You know, I give him the excuse of, well, you got Julius Randle. He's playing soft. Evan Fournier, he plays no defense whatsoever. And Alec Burks, he's just doodle. So what am I supposed to do when Mitchell Robinson is surrounded by those three other guys and RJ Barrett seems to be the only guy who likes to pass Mitchell Robinson the ball?
1: But but um, Mitch Robinson's job is not is not predicated on on him or somebody passing him the ball. That's you know, he, what he's going to get paid for is his defense. He's not going to get paid for lobs because any center can get a lob.
2: So so the so so the rebuttal that the Knicks was 11th in defense last season was that because of Mitch Robinson was that because of the personnel on the team or was that because of tips? Um.
1: Well, mostly because of tips. You know because yeah. I mean we, we were functional while, um with other people playing center what while Mitchell Robertson was hurt this year. Um which Mitch Robinson was hurt all last year. We was we was functional as a as a team, you know. Mm-hmm. So we can we can get by without Mitchell Robinson there. Like it's not like when Mitchell Robinson is not there, it's not like we absolutely need him, you know. But like I said, we this we, we talked about it before against that in that Atlanta series. We needed him, you know, because we needed him just for the simple fact they had Clint Capella, we just needed the extra extra bodies because we just didn't have enough to um to, to go at those guys not, not necessarily saying that mitch robinson would have would have uh, you know changed the tie of the game you know but he would have definitely helped a lot you know because we because we were getting killed on the inside you know um just um, i want to I answer um this guy too the, the sherman thing that was just up um I don't I what was don't he saying?
0: What
1: saying uh it was it was this one the quick screen is for rim runners okay cool uh, it's a screen to fool the defender to run into the basket for a quick lob. So, so what about um, sealing off the defender for the option? You know, to to you know, to take the shot. You know, so like if Mitch Robinson is setting the screen and he then he's just running to the basket, that means that all he cares about is the, is the lob. So, what about if the de- if the defense um, stops the lob? Now, now the person, the ball handler, has no space.
2: Um, now what? I I agree to disagree with this comment because. That's partially on Tibbs and that's partially on the players that's on the floor and that's partially on Mitch as well. I mean, when you have Mitch Robinson you got Julius Randle, how much spacing do you want to offer? Because Julius Randle also shot 30% from three. And he was also one of the worst mid-range jump shooters in the NBA. And R.J. Barrett was a horrendous mid-range jump shooter as well. So it's like what, what what can we do, right? And or and to to help that guy also, but at the same time, it's like I look at Mitchell Robinson and I'm like, yo, all you could do is rim run. Is that on the coach? Because Taj Gibson, he'll spot up for three. So, do the coach allow Taj Gibson to do that, and tell Mitchell Robinson to not do that? It, it, it's things that it's questions that needs to be answered. Well, that's
1: absolutely the truth. Everything that that happens in, in an NBA game is definitely um, premeditated. You know, it's mm-hmm. definitely premeditated. Guys are not just out there creating stuff. This is what they they're being told to do. So, so um, you know, uh, Mitchell Robinson just straight rim running without setting the pick. That's Tim Tom Thibodeau because he does it every single time. So if you're doing something every single time that way, and then you don't see the the venom from Tom Thibodeau coming at the guys for that, then um then that's a big problem. Cause I mean, my thing, like, like it, all of our plays always end up with um with four two guys on on one side, two guys on the other side, and then the ball handler stranded in the middle. Now you got to go one on one, you know. So I mean, if um if the center was asked to make a proper pick, then um the ball handler at least can advance a little bit, you know. Maybe play the um the 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 slow man, you know, slow quick game. You know, to, to get the defense off their heels, because I mean, as a ball handler, just playing in the park. If somebody sets a good pick for me, I'm I'm cutting around that pick hard, boy. You know, you know what I'm saying. And then if you don't stop me, if you don't stop me, um, you know, I'm gonna score. And and if, and if you do come out and you fight through the pick, I'm gonna get give, give the guy an easy pass because he's gonna be wide open. That's basic basketball. But you have to give the option to for for um, you know, to for that to happen. And you don't get that option if you're not making contact with the with the um with the screener, with the person you're screening.
2: Uh. For me, you know, I'm all in on paying Mitchell Robinson. Like I, I have no issues with him. Um, you know, his point guards was Emmanuel Moutier, Frank Ntilikina, Trey Burke, um, <laughs> Alfred Payton, uh, and Alec Burks and Kemba Walker. So it's like it, it, it's but so much I can say about Mitchell Robinson when it comes to certain things on the court. Um. I love Mitchell Robinson. If he walks, like I have no issues with it. Um, he has his flaws, uh, but there there are other options out there. Um,
1: well, yeah. I, I I mentioned the uh, offensive rebounds in the in the last mm-hmm. part, but like um you know if I don't, I don't I don't know if I'm gonna put up on the screen. It's gonna take me too long to do that. The but offensive I mean,
2: rebounds is when your top two scorers, who both are averaging twenty points, are both shooting forty one percent from the field and. 30 from three everybody well, was shooting make was shooting bricks last season.
1: everybody okay. everybody was shooting bricks but how many um offensive rebounds does mitch robinson get because the comment here you know and a lot of people say um um we don't need miss come on sonny he helps with getting second chance um, on you know offense with his offensive rebounds how many offensive rebounds does Mitchell robinson get a game um i mean i think it was set. i think it was like if
2: I'm not, I think it was like four plus. I think it was three plus. If I'm not, it might mistaken. have
1: been four. It might have been four.
2: Might have been four plus. But I know Mitchell Robinson was top five in offensive rebounds total. Top five in offensive rebounds per game. I know he was top five in blocks per game. Top five in total blocks. I know he was top five in field goal percentage. And I know that my team was top. I know that my team was eleventh in defense. So I could, I, I have to give Mitchell Robinson some t- some type of credit. And my 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 only argument against this is basically, who are
1: the, who are the other options, right? Uh, because well, aside can, aside from the options, right? Like yeah. just just look look at the um offensive rebounds. You're talking about four offensive rebounds per game that that he has That's per impressive. 25 minutes, right? Yes, it's, it's impressive. How many shots do, do, do does a team get a game? So mean so you mean to tell me impressive he, that he gets four offensive rebounds a game? So he so, only so he great. only um saves four possessions.
2: I got a great rebuttal for you. So, we run one of the slowest pace in the league, right? So it's not like we're getting a lot of shots per game if we're running a slow pace.
1: So, so, so you can't. So, so are I mean, you saying that this four or four offensive rebounds could be looked at as eight offensive rebounds per game, which I is mean, like I has never happened in the NBA
2: ever? No, I, I'm saying what in the context of our team. And what Tom Thibodeau wants to do, that four offensive rebounds is, is very much needed because you play at slow pace. But right. then again, like what me and you said, we want to play faster. Next season, we gotta we gotta bring we gotta bring the ball up the court, and that's due to you know Alec Burks and and, and other guys. We're not even gonna repeat that again, but you know the offensive rebounds is needed, bro. It's not. It's it, it, we can't just. Push that to the side and, and say, nah, I mean, for well, it's not really
1: pushing to the side because if you look at everyone else's thing, like, like, um, mm-hmm. like uh, in, la- in the last pod that I did, I, I compared um Mitch to, to Aiden and and to, to Obama. Basically, what we're going to do today, um, yeah. Obama's offensive rebounds is right there with um with um uh, Mitch Robinson, maybe three per game, you know, Aiden is about the same thing, maybe three a game, you know. Mm-hmm. What I mean? So, I mean, what's the difference between the one? Uh, you know, uh, offensive rebound that, that he's bringing to, to the table. Now, the, the point I keep trying to make on, on you know, whenever when I talk about centers, is is look at the defensive um, rebounds. Four point five defensive rebounds. So I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, like uh, to compare Julius Randle last year, he gave you nine. So when when I think of rebound, when you think of offensive rebounds, you think of like second chance opportunities, right? Okay, so in the context of defensive rebounds, that means mm-hmm. that you secured the defense there. The, the, the opposing team um put up a shot you made a stop and then you secured the rebound so that the, getting that rebound secures the defensive stop so, right i mean he, he getting only four um defensive rebounds is is um is is is, is 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 useless at the center spot he needs to get at least eight or something like that seven eight nine okay. defensive rebounds in, in order to to be worth getting the money that he's supposed to be trying to get this year
2: so i love
1: what you just said
2: so to only my only defense against that honestly is Julius Randle gets nine defensive rebounds like you said, right? RJ right. Barrett is a great rebounder for for at his size at his position, right? Um he was one of the top rebounders at the small forward position this year in the NBA actually. I think uh, he's top 5 actually in in that department. Mm-hmm. Um and also you got other guys who can rebound. Man, you quickly is a great rebounder, at the guard spot. It, it 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 it's a lot of. But what what are we paying Mitchell Robinson to do? We. Here's my thing, dog. You're asking a great question. I can't answer your question. You know why? Because I don't know what Tibbs wants to do.
1: <laughs> listen, listen. That's 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 not it, man. That's not it. it. Because an NBA center, no man. matter whatever you're talking about, um, the, the a center's job is to rebound and defend the paint. But that's Something not like that. So I mean, right. if the dude is not rebounding, you know, right. he, he is defending the paint. I will give him that. But I mean, mm-hmm. I'm talking about this rebound. If the re- if he if 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 you're gonna give him an excuse saying, "Oh, look, we got all these good rebounders on the team," and you're bringing up point guards and stuff like that, then mm-hmm. the, then then that that is that tells me that Mitchell Robinson is not worth being on his team. But He's this- not worth paying twelve to fifteen million dollars. If you're saying, well, other other guys can rebound, so if other mm-hmm. guys can rebound, then Mitchell Robinson should not be on his team. We shouldn't even be talking about him.
2: So does that i'm talking about in the context of our team that i honestly dog nah, you got to look at it as, as part of like a coach scheme that's on the, that's a part of the Scheming, coach scheme Rebounds.
1: Stuff. so 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 the, so, the so, guy... wait
2: hold up. so question for you so when obi toppin sprints down the court and he only gives me and you five rebounds is that on obi toppin or that's the coach
1: scheme because we want obi toppin obi toppin can't, he can't even post up um some of the, the um the guards in his league but it, but we we just talking about rebounding though, bro. Right? I'm talking about Mitchell Robinson. Mitchell Robinson is going to be paid uh, twelve to fifteen million dollars just to rebound and defend. That's it. He's not being paid to do anything else but that. Obi but Toppin, see, on the other hand, when he gets his money, he's going to be um, paid to score, ball handle, run run the court. He's going to be paid to do a lot more than Mitchell Robinson.
2: So so question is that in the context of you're saying that because of the coach that we have is no, what, no, no. is what what is. The job that Tom Thibodeau is going to ask of our
1: center, starting center, is the reason. Is the reason why you say that? Well, th- listen, there is no coach in the world that's going to that's going to all of a sudden say, "Hey, Mitchell Robinson, go go um stand by the three point line. We're going to run plays for you to shoot threes. Nobody. How do we gonna... know that? How do we know that? Man, the dude licks his elbow every time he attempts a jump shot. I, you know what I'm I, saying? I mean... He doesn't square up. He's falling off to each side. You know. You know what I'm saying? You know, right. post up like like when is when is he ever posted up? And Tom Thibodeau hasn't coached in four years. He's been on the other coaches.
2: But see, this is why this is why I hate Tibbs, bro. This is why I hate Tibbs. arguments like this make me hate Tibbs because you don't give young guys a chance to uh an opportunity to show what they can do on the offensive side of the ball. So we
1: mean you can't even have this discussion. <laughs> you, you can have the discussion because he played in the NBA four years. It's not like he's just brand new. The guy, the guy has no offense. Under Young and Jeff
2: Warner trash. Come on, bro.
1: What are we doing? here? Okay, so I mean, add add your favorite um coach there. This guy is still eight and eight. You know, for for his career, eight and seven point five. You know, two blocks per game. Remember, he when he's when he was supposed to be averaging five per game and all this. You oh, know man. what I'm saying? I mean, his jump shot is trash. Mm-hmm. You know, he had four years to show this. I mean, I'm not paying a guy 12 to 15 million dollars to say, okay, uh under, under a new coach that's not coming next year because Tom Tibble's gonna be the coach again. So yeah. under a coach that's not gonna be here for two years, um, yeah. he's gonna finally start doing other things that that um, I've, that he's never showed before.
2: I've seen various players in the NBA who numbers spiked and it helped with winning. <clears throat> All I'm saying is. I believe Mitchell Robinson has more to show than what this coach tells him to do. That's all I'm saying. And the numbers show it. So if he goes to another team and this is not a, this is not a Frank, and and you know what's fun about this? It is a Frank
1: Miller thing. I'm just on the tip of my tongue. I know you know it. It's on the tip of my tongue.
2: (laughs) You ain't going to do that. This ain't no Frank. This ain't no Kevin Knox. I will not
1: allow you to do that. Not, don't it's bring not. Kevin Knox into it. It's Frank Ntilikina. Frank Ntilikina. <laughs> well, both of them Both of them. This is not
2: those two guys because Mitchie Robinson actually produces. And okay, if you want to rebuttal, produces what, say, what though, man? We just gonna say, hey, look, I know he was gonna say
1: that. Look, produces what? what? <laughs> Listen, uh, if you, you say who are we gonna replace him with, right, right off the bat, somebody, somebody that Mitchell Robertson actually um no uh, got bumble. the best of once. Uh, my uh, freaking Whiteside, Whiteside throughout his career hasn't been able to give you double figure rebounds, and double figure points, and also get the same blocks that the Mitchell Robinson can get. And we, we can get Whiteside for like like the league minimum.
2: Mobamba no man, Mobamba, no Bamba, Whiteside don't fit our culture. If we have a culture.
1: The the culture is right. We need somebody to, to, to rebound at center uh, Mm. and defend. Okay. Mm. We can get anybody to do that. Robin Lopez. We can get him to do that. You know, you know what I'm saying? You, just, you can can you the anybody league.
2: To, to average top five in field goal percentage? Top five in all Oh, man, field. that top five field
1: goal percentage is bullshit. Because, like, talk about the like, – we're going to bring De- DeAndre Aiden into it. DeAndre Aiden, like, I think he, he this... averaged, like, 12 shots a game. Okay. And he shoots 63% from okay. the field shooting fadeaway jump shots and hook shots and okay. things he, of that he, nature. He he should be 63%. That's, that's impressive. A dude is just standing there, the you know, like, his nuts. He's the number
2: Stop doing that. I can't just don't do that. Don't yeah, you, do you, that. Can't,
1: you can't say that the pick. When, once you're in the NBA, you in the NBA. You know what I'm saying? Because I mean Mitchell Robertson, um, he, he got drafted in the second round because he didn't go to college. So you know, so but, but now you know, he's a starting center in the NBA for somebody. You know, I don't want him to be on the Knicks, but he could be a starting center on some team. But you know, we're not gonna talk about that. He was drafted in the second round. He's just a player in the NBA.
2: So my my look. Andrew Wiggins is a prime – I I love using him as an example now. Andrew Wiggins is a prime example of you got to just wait some time. And maybe the players that you got around him, maybe you need to improve the players around that guy for that guy to reach said potential. For Mitchell Robinson, when you gift my boy, Moutier, Frank, Trey Burke, Alfred, ali
1: um, hold on now hold i just did a whole now. podcast he on that man Yo, yo averages <laughs> average 10 and 7. 10 what? points and 7 assists uh when, when Mitchell Robinson as his center the, the, in his first year as a nick 10 and 7. okay yo. 10 points and seven assists so Mitchell robertson has had people that could pass the ball How many we'll say how moody, how guy I sucks. moody i was on the same team dennis of uh, smith jr was on the same team was so all he old. had like a bunch of decent point guards on, on that team now it doesn't have to be chris paul he had a bunch of decent point guards that are in the past ball. Who's decent? Who's decent? 10 and seven? 10 points and seven assists per game is decent. Who? Who? Alfred Payton. Stop. 10 oh, points and seven assists is now. decent. What? If, if, somebody, if somebody in the NBA is giving you 10 points and seven assists, that is decent. With 1.9 um, steals, that's what he was doing for us. Regardless of the fact if he can't shoot threes or not, or he can't shoot free throws, okay, fine. He, he sucks. He's not a good player. But ten points and seven and seven assists, and you mean to tell me that nobody's passing Mitchell Robinson, and we got a point guard is averaging seven assists? That's that is a lie.
2: So 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 wait, hold on. So so top five in offensive rebounds, top five in blocks, top five in um um field goal percentage, top five in all these various categories. That's not a good decent NBA center. That's what you're telling me. It's, you, not 12, it's not worth. 12 not worth twelve
1: to ten. It's you, not worth worth twelve to fifteen million dollars a year what? for a guy that for a guy that can't do nothing for you and, the and, are... and, and and intangibles too. He's not protecting anybody on the court. He's not he's not protecting anybody. Who, 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 that, that's why I put this up on the court. Is Robin just, Lopez. If something pops off on the court, Robin Lopez is fucking everybody up on the court. Okay, not, that's the intangibles that sad, of Robin Lopez gets. And who, Robin who, Lopez is going to give you ten rebounds a game if, if you give him enough minutes.
2: He's and a he's vet. done that already in his career. He's a vet. What you want me but, to say
1: When, that? when he went uh, a few years ago, he wasn't a vet. Time goes on. Guys get older. You know, everybody becomes a vet. Mitchell Robinson is a vet.
2: Bro, Robert Lopez a few years ago was 30 years old. <laughs>
1: <laughs> come on. Yo, come on. Yo, no. I mean, but what I'm, what I'm trying to say, what does all of that have to do? Because it's all excuses for, for what's going on in the game. I'm, I'm trying to tell you, four uh, offensive rebounds. That's that's four shot attempts that you mean to tell me that, that he's grabbing, which is so important. In the course that's of a game where it's rebounds. like what how many shots are during the game and only four yeah. offensive rebounds? It is not even guaranteed that those four offensive rebounds are going to result in four points for a uh, basket scored. But you know, you know what I'm saying? So what, what is the thing? The, the thing with the with the defensive rebounds is that it, he he's only guaranteed to start to um to to bring to a close four defensive plays. But I mean if that if that number gets dragged up to eight, now you're talking some now. You're talking something. You're having an impact on defense.
2: So Don, if you could show me, show me a a front court pairing within the last five years who both averaged 10 plus rebounds per game. Please show please if you could show me, please, because Julius Randle, you have, just said, but you just said. Julius Randle averaged about
1: nine, Listen, damn near nine. That don't de- make no de- sense, Dave. I'm, I'm, I'm not doing that that recently. That don't make no sense. How? Because it don't make sense. Because, you make have... sense. How because you if an about... NBA center, is you want to pay him 12 to 15 rebounds? I'm just giving me a million dollars a year. And you're saying, no, nah, that's all right. You ain't got a rebound because we got, I, oh, you know, Manuel quickly. He'll, he'll take care of it for you. He averages eight. What you want him to do? Average more than eight. I mean, goddamn! Four four can't, defensive rebounds is is not elite in the NBA. That that is as an NBA center, and you're starting, playing starters minutes, getting four defensive rebounds again. That is that is like bottom of the other of, of the barrel um, four, oh, Okay, right there.
2: Four defensive rebounds, you you got that. If you want if bottom if of the barrel, your, bro. All right. If that's your argument, all right. I can't battle that. But the four offensive rebounds is top five in the NBA. And okay, that sounds great. I mean, eight eight that sounds eight eight.
1: great, but okay. but for a guy that, 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 that you're not asking him to create offense, you're not asking him to to score. You're not you know you're not running any place for him. What are we never, asking him to do you're that? never gonna do that for him. His only job is to rebound and defend. And you, and you're saying that nah, and man. You quickly got, got your back. That's not the premise of Tibbs.
2: That's what the premise of Tibbs. Man, he's been in the NBA four years. No, man. no, no. But but you gotta separate that from what Tibbs is asking him to do. You get what I'm he's saying? been in the NBA Chris, for
1: four years. He's been he doing has, the same wait,
2: wait, thing. No, you, can't say, you can't say what you just said and say, oh, well, he we're at, he he's getting paid to defensive rebound and play defense. It's Tim's asking him to do that.
1: State, he's been in the NBA for four years. He's been but doing the same thing for four the, years.
2: You could be in the NBA for four years, but I have four different roles in the NBA. That's my point. What, okay. is, what is Tim's asking him to do? You can't just specifically say to but me listen. that's why I disagree with you. Oh, right. so listen,
1: Tom Thibodeau is telling Mitchell Robinson, listen, stop rebounding. We don't need you to rebound. We got Emmanuel quickly. Don't worry about it. That's what he's telling him. I mean, but
2: so you're telling Julius Randle to average less defensive rebounds so Mitchell Robinson can get more? No, rebounds?
1: I'm saying that Julius Randle is gonna get his because he's gonna get his, and Mitch Robinson needs to be fighting to get the other ones,
2: but. Obviously he's fighting if they're
1: both. A, listen, listen. Obviously he's fighting, but you're telling me that don't worry about it. I, you know, Emmanuel quickly got your back. He's he's gonna help you with the rebounds.
2: RJ Barrett is top. I just gave you RJ Barrett is top five in small forwards
0: and in. in yeah, RJ
1: Barrett, RJ Barrett is gonna be a Hall of Famer. He's got to score twenty. He's got to be a a freaking offensive um you know facilitator. He, he's got to he pass Mitch. He's he, got to pass he, Mitch and role, he got rebound
2: more than Mitch too. But that's a different role. You that's a, that's a whole different role. R.J. Barrett is top, but dog, nah, you can't you can't have your baked ziti and have your soda too. You try to get both, bro. You can't. No,
1: no, no, I'm not, no, I'm not. Bro, Listen, bro, uh, you, R.J. You, Barrett, R.J. Yeah. Barrett, you talk about the rebound. He almost averaged six. Okay, so let's say okay. five point eight. That round that off to six. So oh. Mitchell Robinson averaged two more rebounds than him. You know, but um, at the same time, R.J. Barrett—he got to score twenty, he got to get three assists, a he got to defend the best player on the other team. all, all, all Mitchell different. Robinson got to do is walk on the court and rebound. And you saying, "Nah, don't worry about it." No, we're gonna I'm pay you twelve to fifteen I million dollars.
2: I, I'm not saying, "Nah, don't worry about it." My rebuttal is: when you got Julius Randle, who's also—he's averaging eight plus defensive rebounds, but my center is averaging. 4 plus what my center is 4 is 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 abysmal.
1: 4 my, defensive rebounds for an NBA center is abysmal. Uh, can we can we bring up the stats of, Ryan or of the other Do you know how many is, do you know how four, many four, defensive four. rebounds that that Alec Burke had per um, per game last year? He how had many? 4. Okay? But the Mitch Robinson so have so 4. Is that, is that the 10 system? The we, we no, system say so. is not rebounding. Rebounding is effort. Rebounding has nothing to do with system. It, so if the NBA center, NBA center's job is to rebound, bro. That's the end of it. That to me, that's the end of it. The NBA center's job is to rebound. Oh, you know, so it so doesn't matter if Julius Randle get, is getting rebounds. His job is to get rebounds. He needs when, to get rebounds.
2: But he's top five in offensive rebounds. He's top five in steals and blocks total. What more do you want, dog? What are you asking? What are you asking? I just him told to you know?
1: the guy has no other role on, on the team but to get rebounds. You know, with Andre S-O Drummond at times gets, gets, so, gets so, how many so
2: your problems with Tim's, your problems not with Mitch, yep. your, no. your problems with rebounding his role. is
1: effort, rebounding is effort, it's not scheme. So don't you don't scheme effort? to rebound,
0: so you don't, don't scheme to effort? rebound,
1: huh? He don't give effort. Obviously, not if he's averaging the same amount of defensive rebounds that Alec Burke is averaging. But he's top five in offensive rebounds. So you can't have it both ways, bro. You can't yes, 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 as a as an NBA center that has no other role on the team but to rebound and defend, then yes. If I'm going to give you 12 to $15 million, that motherfucker needs to average 15 boards a game. It don't matter. That's not but my that's fault. You got 12 to $15 million in your pocket. Motherfucker, you better get every rebound. Who gives a fuck the who's the there? Argument,
2: but that's the argument for next season.
1: That's not the argument for now. It's that's the argument the for argument. now because you, you're telling me that we're going to pay the guy off for something that, that he didn't even do yet. Never did in his career. I, I mean, but do you... I'm See, the...
2: My confidence is I think he can do it. That's my God confidence. bless you. God bless you. That that my confidence is I think RJ Barrett can be a Hall of Famer. I think RJ Barrett can be an All-Star. Mm-hmm. I think he can be who I, I, that's my confidence in
1: him. You know what if my you're confidence not that, confident is that Barrett, I think RJ Barrett can average more rebounds than Mitch next season. How about that? I mean, he probably can. And that's it's a that's that is a more enough reason for me not to offer Mitchell Robinson twelve to fifteen. Like 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 um like my man here is, one, is laughing. Everyone, you know, not everyone, but my man here with the with the weirdo name here, C Mac whatever, he's like laughing about me me saying um Robin Lopez, but I'd rather pay Robin Lopez minimum salary to get me eight rebounds per game.
2: Okay. So, so with, with like I like the fact that Mitchell Robinson got us like this because I hope the front office is definitely having this argument. Um, I feel like you would have a better rebuttal if you would bring up the playoffs right now, right? So when you're watching the current playoffs, Don. No, matter of fact, your bottle can be rebuttal as well. Hold on, hold hold on, hold on. You see Robert Williams come back. I watched the game where Miami he was down 23 to 48. With Robert Williams, no Marcus Smart. God, at some point, you got to show value into the center position. Um, Mitchell Robinson's a seven-footer, bro. Uh, He blocks shots. We know what he can do. He's been here for four years. Are you- my question to you is: Can do you think he can improve
1: to the point that the points that you're arguing about? Do you think he can do within due time? Yeah, I didn't even say anything about his free throw percentage. Forty-eight percent free I, throw I, percentage at your center, he I, can't play no more disgusting. than twenty-five minutes per game. That's He disgusting. can't play no more than twenty-five. He can't play the fourth quarter because when you get to the playoffs, that is going to be hack a bitch.
2: Listen, God, I can't. I can't argue that. I can't. I, what I can only argue. Is the points that I gave you, brother?
1: <laughs> the only so, thing I can argue is the extra points that I'm giving you—forty-eight percent from the free throw line. You know, you can't rely on them. Disgusting! You can't rely on them.
2: That—that's disgusting. That's disgusting. I mean, hey, I can't get mad at that, man. It's not and, worth but, twelve to fifteen million. So, this is why <laughs> I said to die right, hard about a year ago or two years ago or whatever that. Mo Bamba um, is one of the best fits for the Knicks. Uh, You know, I've seen guys say Mo Bamba is like Kevin Knox. Um, I've seen guys say, you know, Mo Bamba doesn't have a motor and this, that, and the third. But Orlando has the number one pick. Um, We know they're picking Shet because Shet is Jalen Sugg's high school teammate. Um, That's just the fit. That's just what you're going to do. We know Mo Bamba is going to walk. We know that Mo Bamba also shoots damn near 80% from the free throw line and shoots 34% from three this past season. 38. Oh, 38. Excuse me. My four brother. Um, And he's from Harlem. He's from 114th and Lennox. Foster Projects. My family owns a liquor store right across the street that moved from 114th and Lennox to 113th and Lennox called Fred Wines and Liquor. That is the second uh longest standing black owned uh liquor store in harlem actually and
1: how come you never said that before man i would have done been in there now i'm not drinking now i'm (laughs) I'm, 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 uh, you know stopping myself from drinking this year now now i can't support the business (laughs) it's crazy
2: yeah well it is um
1: i didn't know that
2: seriously until my family so if anybody who ever watched uh um black ink in in new york they had a spot on 113th and lennox where you walk down the stairs that's where my family liquor store is at right now we occupied that old spot we used to be on 114th and lennox mo bomber is literally from the projects right across the street on 114th and lennox called foster projects and um i'd love to have him here uh
1: can i tell you thing? why i want him here <laughs> huh o- over Mitchell robinson why i would pick him over Mitchell robinson uh, um i i for me personally
2: He's a New Yorker. <laughs> what that got to do with basketball? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Besides the basketball stuff, man. Besides the basketball stuff, man. He's a New Yorker. Um, it's a part of basketball stuff too, though. He's a New Yorker. Ob Toppins from Brooklyn. You know these guys played AAU ball together. Um, he knows RJ Barrett. He's already recruiting people to the New York Knicks and stuff like that. And now we're getting into the basketball reasons. He's the he's like the perfect fit, bro. Like, as now, he doesn't rebound a lot, and that's annoying, right? But, you know. Bro, your-
1: come on, man. Stop lying. 25 minutes per game, same amount of minutes that Mitchell Robinson get. He averages eight rebounds, same amount of rebounds that, that Mitch Robertson got. He bro. averages six defensive rebounds, two offensive rebounds, 1.7 blocks. You know he shoots thirty-eight percent from three-point range, right there. You see it. You know what I'm saying? The the forty-eight percent from the field is because he shoots more threes. Half of his shots is threes. That's why his field goal percentage is low. If you look at his two-point percentage, he shoots fifty-six percent from the two-point range. So he's a good, he's a decent shooter, a respectable NBA shooter at fifty-six percent from two-point range. So he's he's a good basketball player.
2: Yes, and listen, man, the fit is there. I would love Mo Bamba to be on the team. And right now what I'm looking at is hold on, let me make sure I get this correct. Is that um getting the number one pick um impacts the future of Mo Bamba? The former number one pick is a restricted free agent and Orlando has until 629 to tender him a ten point one million qualifying offer. The Magic have close to 29 million in cap space without Mo Bamba so they're going to let him walk they're going to either sign and trade him or they're going to let him walk um and Nick can't care. sign him
1: huh nicks don't have no money to sign him
2: no but we can sign and trade him or we can give him the mle and our total mle right now is 11 million and we could give him a four-year like 44 million or four-year 40 million um Shout out to my guy Rob on Twitter who gave me that info. I appreciate you, Rob. Uh, So we actually do have the money to give to Mo Bamba. It's all according to what Mitchell Robinson walks. So for argument's sake, uh, Mitchell Robinson walks. um, Mo Bamba is my number one fit for him. I like Jalen Smith, he's cool and all, but you know, it's, it's so much to, to Mo Bamba that I see that could fit with us. I look at him and I think of like Brooke Lopez, like a ceiling, like a, a ceiling that he could reach. Like that, and that's the that's just me not asking him, asking much from him. And Brooke Lopez was a damn good player. Like people don't don't remember when he was a part of the New Jersey Nets. I don't call him the Brooklyn Nets, they're from New Jersey.
1: Yeah, but no, asking, no. asking that um, being Brook Lopez is kind of asking a lot because Brook Lopez was a twenty point a game scorer in this NBA. <sighs> that's true, but that's in a different NBA. So you asking that in the same league? It's the same league. It's the same league. It's the same league. That's like it's saying, same league basketball still bounced the same way.
2: I, I disagree with that. That's like saying that's like saying Allen Iverson was in the same league as LeBron James he wasn't like it, it it different rules LeBron was early in the allen Iverson years but as it went LeBron elevated he changed his game to evolve the way the league adapted like it was a different
1: league that's not Iverson's fault though Iverson was born at a certain age at a certain time doesn't that is not his fault he still played in the NBA with with very good basketball players that's true you know
2: that's true. And AI was one of the best. He's the third best shooting guard of all time, respectfully, and one of the best NBA players of all time. But, you know, it, 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 it. I'm just saying, man, I think Mo Bamba, just getting back to the point, I think Mo Bamba would be a great fit here. Um, Hopefully he will want to come here. But, you know, that's just if Mitchell Robinson walks. Like, if Mitchell Robinson walks and he feels disrespected, the Detroit Pistons could offer him – Catch space and they'll give it to him me dog i'm getting to the point where now look at a guy like rudy gobert in the playoffs i'm like yeah i don't want a guy who could just rim run. <laughs> even if that was, was
1: but we just finished arguing like crazy about Mitchell robinson you're talking about you don't want a rim runner but you just finished arguing with me to the we, death we of did. mitch robinson
2: we did we did but at the same time who are the other options, dog? We gotta look at it from all angles. Who's the other options? I don't want Nurkic, bro.
1: Don't tell me Nurkic. Why do you keep talking about Nurkic? We got we got an option right here, Mobamba. Mobamba's an option.
2: Okay, Mobamba, we, we could talk.
1: Mobamba, we could talk. Right, but why? Why do you got to keep going to Nurkic? What's, what? 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 Nurkic do to you? Nurk, Nurkic, if um, if Mitch Robinson could be Nurkic, then then you know that'd be good for him. But Mitch Robinson's not even Nurkic yet. We'll,
2: Mitch Robinson way younger, but we'll see.
1: Um oh. yeah I mean listen the calendar when people were born you you can't, you can't hold people um you know you can't hold it against people mm. You know me me and, and DeAndre Aiden actually share the same birthday You know you know what I'm saying uh. so 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 should I get more money in my card because I was born before him You know you know what I'm saying <laughs> birthday is a birthday
2: <laughs> Oh man Mo Bamba DeAndre you want to get into DeAndre or or oh, oh, oh. I mean, we get into it getting the DeAndre in too, because you know it was a lot of talk about him too. Um, besides Mo Bamba, you know he's he's a great fit here if Mitchell Robinson walks. Um, since you brought up DeAndre in, let's let's get into DeAndre in. And there was an article I believe that I sent it to you on Instagram. I'm gonna see if I could go to it. And that article basically was DeAndre a. stating that he believes he's worth from next um, the son's owner who's notoriously cheap and I don't know how old uh, you people are who's watching me in Daha right now, but you know I'm 32 and you know I, I remember the O5 sons I remember the '07 7 sons and I remember Joe Johnson being on the same team as Steve Nash, Amari Stoudemire, Sean Marion, and the Suns owner, they didn't want to pay him. <laughs> and Joe Johnson walked. And I remember when the Suns didn't want to play Q Rich, uh podcast, um, Knuckleheads, shout outs to Knuckleheads. And, you know, I <clears throat> people who say uh, those guys going to let, Um, shout, yo, Josh, shout outs to Josh, man. Shout out to my guy, Josh. Um, people who's go- who people who say you know the Suns is going to let Aiden walk, the Knicks should look at him. Uh, it's a good option. Now, dog, me and you spoke about this months ago. <laughs> I, I I forgot which month, and I tried to. I think I found the pod that me and you spoke about it. I think it was a pod where we said um different timelines. I think it's called different timelines. If you people want to go back and look at that, but it was in February. And we spoke about a timeline where we offered up Randall and Mitchell Robinson for DeAndre Ayton, and we promoted Obi Toppin to starting, uh, full position. Um. So, how do you feel about DeAndre Ayton? Let me get some. Now, DeAndre Ayton is a polarizing guy because, you know, he averaged eighteen and ten. That's before Chris Paul with no point guard. You know, I don't even care about who his point guard was, right? But that's before Chris Paul. With Chris Paul, his numbers went to 14 points per game, right? And, um, you know, and then it went to 17 points per game. But without Chris Paul, the guy was impressive. And then the main thing that you talk about, free throws, 74% from the free throw line it was rookie year. Um, 75% from the free throw line His second year This is without Chris Paul I don't want to use the context of him playing with Chris Paul Is the guy that we look at I want to use the first two years And the first two years shows me that he's impressive So You know, Aiden, He quit on his team That's the one thing I did not like Ero, He quit on his team His coach told him that he quit Right And that's the reason why he played only 17 minutes in the last playoff game that he played in. But besides the fact that I felt like he quit on his team and he wasn't playing hard, he's a great player. Um, how you feel about a and then you know, the stats that you got up right now? And, you know, if we can get him or not, if we, if the Phoenix owner want to act like a real black man in the 99-cent store and say, no, I don't got 10 cents to pay for these chicken nuggets. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, I agree with Pudge. Um, Aiden is not all that, you know? But, I mean, if, if you're talking about between these these players here, I mean, he did average all these points, whatever. Uh, you know, you could say whatever you want to say about that. But, but what um stands out for for this, this kid is that look at the free throws. He only attempted two free throws uh, per game. That's atrocious, man, for somebody that averaged that much points. So that if he ever got aggressive at, at attacking on the person in front of him, like, at least, at least get this up to six. If he can get this free throws up to six, how much points he gonna average? You know he'll mm-hmm. average into, into the twenties. That's that's what's stopping him from being a twenty point against score. Just being aggressive. Um, I I don't know. I don't know if he if he has that in him. You know you you want to talk about age and that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's only what he's like twenty three. So I mean somebody at twenty three, he's got to figure it out. He's got to he's got to like um stop doing that the, the the dances and stuff like with with the point guards and stuff and start you know um you know being a man a little bit, man. You know you gotta be you gotta get out there and attack if you want to be a um. A, a what do you call it, a max player then you got to play like a max player that's a fact
2: yeah mm-hmm. and yup my argument against Aiden was
1: yeah i felt like he played
2: soft literally I, and i told somebody in the thread recently like it shots the Pudge nice yeah i agree with you pudge i felt like he played soft even when he was putting up numbers it, it felt like so, a soft 20 and ten, like, and, and and that's my that that be my gripe with Julius Randle when people just bring up his twenty ten and five like not every twenty ten and ten is the same like eight and twenty and ten like some games it's a good twenty and ten other game is real soft and then another thing I don't like about him is the inconsistency he'll give me eight points and thirteen rebounds in one game and then the next game the man of being compared to David Robinson by the commentators and he's getting 20 and 10. So it's a, a balance there. Like, and the, another thing too, my coach doesn't need to give my goddamn center, a goddamn pep talk to wake his ass up every time on the sideline. That's kind of scary. And Monty Williams always gave Aiden in a pep talk. And it was like, Yo, big dog, like you you too good to be needing pep talks all the time to get you going for you to be aggressive. That two rebound, that two free throws per game, a hard. a thousand percent agree with you, man. That is terrible for a guy his size, damn near seven foot, and that that's terrible, but everything else is great, and you know, a thing that you harped on about Mitchell Robinson earlier um defensive rebounds Aiden gets damn near eight (laughs) so that that's impressive by itself um the 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 one and he still
1: gets three offensive just about for his career three three point two for his career offensive rebounds so he's right there on Mitchell Robinson's heels that's the point I was making with that you know so the one
2: stat that is very disgusting to me and I'm surprised you didn't bring this up yet that is very alarming very alarming 0. 0.7 blocks bro
1: yeah that's no good
2: oh oh, oh. 0.7 blocks bro
1: he's not competing the, the free throw percentage and the block shots tells you right there that he's not competing
2: what what the fuck is that excuse my language but
1: <laughs> but you know he, he, he's so nice that he can get a light a light 16 points a game like it ain't nothing he can get a light 10 rebounds per game like it ain't nothing you, you know what i'm saying that he shoots well from the field you know and this than the other, but the free throw percent—excuse me—the free throws, the amount of free throws that he takes, and the, and the, just the block shots, you know. Because I mean, uh, two years ago he averaged 1.5, yes. 1.2. what happened to get it down to one to uh, to point seven? You know,
2: that's disgusting. Is that on the coach? I think this is uh this is a in the context of that's not on the coach, that's on the player, that's on effort. Um, block shots is just effort, man effort and iq and a warning 0.7 for a guy his size bro that's very alarming bro that is disgusting
0: yeah
2: (laughs) so he gotta up that a lot and i know me and you got our gripes about mitchell robinson but at least Mitchell give me damn near two blocks and a steal per game like those are the little things that can help you win games so
1: I know, but that 17 points per game is going to help you win, too. So, I mean, there's, there's, all three players is a perfect um, comparison because, uh, you know, Mo Bamba could block shots and he could shoot the three. He's athletic yeah. and all that stuff. Mitch Robertson, uh, he could block shots. He's going to give you offensive rebounds. He's athletic, whatever. Uh, yeah. But, you know, DeAndre Aiden's is going to be able to give you that every night uh, scoring threat. You know, so they cool. all bring something. But the, here's the question. Is anybody here worth um, that 12 to 15 or worth a max? You know what I'm saying? The answer, I think, for all three is no. So, for you, is no. I think that, that that I think that's the difference. That's
2: where we subside, like we part ways.
1: Well, yeah. if if I was to choose, I w- I would pick Mo Bama first. I would pick Mo Bama first just for his versatility, right? But right, like, you know, I, I would agree. Take, with that. I would take Aiden second, and then Mitch Robinson third. Right, I agree with
2: I agree with all that.
1: Um. Um am
2: and the reason why I'm going with Mo Mobamba first is because the cost. He's not going to cost much, you know. Who's he that? wants a
1: match. Um, Mobamba. I don't. is going to get some money, man. One point seven he blocks. You know, he, and he's his his rebound is comparable to Mitchell Robinson. You know, plus he shoots threes. You know, and he blocks shots comparable to Mitchell Mitch Robinson. So he's gonna he's gonna get get money just for the simple fact that he can shoot that three.
2: Yes, and that's why. Mo um, Mo Bamba is perfectly, yeah, the mid-level. And the Knicks got a mid-level right now for 11 million right now. So if, if Mo, Mitchell Robinson don't want that mid-level, you offer that right to Mo Bamba. But this goes back to the almighty
1: fourth seed. You don't
2: cap yourself out to bums. And the Knicks need to stop doing that. It's annoying.
1: But Mitchell Robinson is a bum,
2: though. But no, I've, Evan Fournier is a bum. New Orleans is a
1: bum.
2: You, Mitch you Robinson is a bum too, up though.
1: To that Mitchell Robertson is a bum too. That's the point no. I'm trying to make. Know, him, him and New Orleans well put up put up similar numbers. No, New Orleans suck.
2: Every yes, and Mitchell
1: Robertson sucks too, though.
2: I disagree with that. That's where we part ways. We're going to part ways with that forever. When Mitchell shoots
1: 48 percent from the free throw line, man, we can't even rely on him, man. I mean,
2: uh, what? Uh, would you want me? To, I can't
1: rebuttal that. I know it's the truth. God yeah, damn it! But listen, I w- I wouldn't mind keeping keeping Mitchell Robinson, but not for twelve to fifteen million dollars. Hell no! I if the if the number was maybe eight to ten, then I'd be like, listen, you want him? All right, eight to ten is not is not so bad because it's comparable to New Orleans the Well. Give him a New Orleans the Well's contract. All right, fine. He's talking about nine million dollars per year. All right, I could deal with that. But twelve to fifteen, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be complaining like crazy, man. If he if he ever got that money as as a Nick. He he,
2: is worth the mid-level exemption, and my belief is that he will get better. That is my belief. I'm going to stick to that. Yeah, mid-level any...
1: exemption is not so bad. You know, it's $11 million. It's okay, listen, you know, that's not so bad. But you're talking about more than that? That's no, I can't do that. Because mid-level exemption is a mid-level exemption for a reason. That's like a mid-range um, number. So mm-hmm. um, you're talking about mediocre number. That's what Mitch Robinson is. You know, mm-hmm. Mo Bamba might be, uh, you know, I, I might want to give him a little bit more, but he's about the same. Like, he's about, you know, I would, like I said, I would give Mo more. And De- De- DeAndre Ayton, just based on the fact that, um, you know, that he can score and then there's, there's a potential for him to give him even better. And, and, and that scoring and stuff like that, you know, that's why he commands a little bit of extra money than, than those guys. But $30 million, yeah. I don't think neither one of any of these guys deserve that.
2: Now, for me... This is why I disagree with you again, is because in the context of DeAndre Ayton, if I'm paying RJ Barrett this summer and I'm paying DeAndre Ayton this summer, right, because he won a match, and I'm saying saying to my fans, look, I got a 22-year-old wing. I got a 23-year-old center, right, who both is on a come up and – We're going to focus on those two guys, and we're going to win games. I could believe in those two guys being the main focus of my core, but at the same time, Tibbs scares me. Like, at the end of the day, dog, Tibbs is scary, bro. He is.
1: But, I mean, with with a squad with DeAndre Aiden as a center, and you got RJ now as as the leader, and now Obi Toppin got to be that power forward. I could trust him a little bit more with that with that but, do, but
2: can we trust obi because the spotlight on him now yeah
1: you know but but he, obi obi just got to do what he's been doing he just he nah, plays hard so nah, I, can, nah, I can't i nah, can't never nah. i can't never really really get mad at obi you know what no matter how much doing? i want him to do better
2: what he been doing which what what like what's your expectation what what do you mean by what he's been doing if he's the starter i need damn near i need production
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you gotta you gotta look at his personality, you know. and Also, too, just like at the, the last uh, few games of the year with um with Obi Toppin, uh, you know, it showed what he can too. do. It showed what he can do. He's not gonna be able to get you forty points every game and all that, mm-hmm. but I mean, he showed you that he's able to to get that. So, I mean, you know, if if he can show that he could be a, a starter in the NBA and give you double figures and points, and you know, uh, get better for, um, percentages overall and contribute, um. Defensively and, and contribute rebounding, then I'm good with it. Then you know, I'm good with Obi-Top and being there. Yeah, man. I mean, it's tough, man. That center
2: position. We damn near spent <laughs> a whole hour on that center position. Because, man, yo, that center position is it, it's tough. It's it's a funky position because all of the arguments against paying Mitch or paying any center rather big money is plausible. Um, when you are watching this year's playoffs, and I got the, uh, I believe I had the playoffs playing on the back of my TV, a lot of these teams is going small in the fourth, bro. They're not playing centers in the fourth quarter. They're playing small. They're running. They're throwing wings out there, crazy galore, and guys who could shoot the three, who could space the floor and guard multiple positions. So, why the hell would you? Spend money on a seven-footer anyway. Right? Um, and B can't get to the finals. Jokic can't get to the finals without his wings and those guys. So, yo, the argument against it is is plausible, man. It's really plausible, man.
1: Uh, a, team, a team like Philly, they they have um the guy, guy that everybody wants to be MVPs, uh, MB. They got hardened for Christ's sake. They got um the other the other kid, uh, uh the young uh, the young boy, um you know uh what's his name Harris Maxi? Yeah they got Maxi that's emerging now as a 20 point game score. They still got Tobias mm-hmm. Harris. You know so so you know the excuse for for them not being in the finals is is on is on them. As is internal coaching, everything like that. They they, they should be in the finals. They have a they have an all-star team. You know they have a, they have a team where all five guys on in the starting lineup should be in an all-star game. You know what I'm saying? They have the the the, the potential to all five of them be in an all-star game. So they have no excuse not being in the that. The reason why the reason why Philly will never get to a finals
2: after watching basketball for the past 10 years, you know a player um, after four years in the playoffs, you know what they could do. You like It's certain things you see in certain guys, die hard that will never leave them. Even if you try to think they'll elevate their game to another level, it will never get there james harden is a guy i watched for eight straight seasons bro wet the bed in the playoffs and in the finals his first finals he wet the bed in the finals versus miami or okc so what the hell people thought was going to happen with philadelphia when they got james harden and those guys and went to the playoffs they are never going to the finals bro and B, great center but the harsh truth is, he's a championship number two. He will never get to the finals as a one. And it's No, Embiid. He will oh, never
0: get to the Hard
1: Harden there. He is the number two. No. That's why they'll never get to the finals. <laughs> I just broke it down for you. That they-, they won't get to the finals because of, of Doc Rivers, man. Doc Rivers got to figure that thing out. And also I the front office, that- too. They got to figure that thing out, too, because maybe... You know, there's something definitely going on there behind the scenes. Maybe the Ben Simmons thing, kind of. Um, um. You know, because I mean, they were playing really good basketball in the beginning, so maybe the mentally they got drained from that. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot, a lot of factors going on with Philly. They had, they had a a rough season, man. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't give them no excuses, dog. No excuses. No excuses, dog. I don't need Give Mitchell Robinson an hour's worth of excuses, man. Uh, Jesus Christ. Because he's still on a rookie scale deal. Oh, my
2: God. Are he getting paid Tobias Harris money? or he getting paid Harden money? Or Bima, he get that type of criticism. Jeez when we get God. to that point, hard we can give him that type of criticism. Tobias Harris is getting paid $180 million. The man just scored under 10 points in the elimination game. What can you do for me, hard
1: yeah, I know. I mean, but Damn he got man. he got Embiid, he got Harden, and he got Maxi. Nah, all, all those guys dropping dropping um twenty points per game. Nah, man. Nah,
2: don. I, j- I just gave it to you. I just listen. Gave, that that same gave argument
1: that you giving me now, the saying nah. that oh, you know, you got Embiid, you got Harden, and, and uh-huh. you got Maxi, all dropping twenty. No, Maxi got to drop twenty two. And, and then you just gave the argument that Mitch Robinson now he can average um you know four rebounds per game because we got uh, context, quickly. Though. That is it's crazy to me,
2: man. It's a different context. The context is. Mitchell Robinson is damn near five years younger than Joel B one, and two. We don't have no goddamn superstar yet. We can't hold our players to the same standard that Philly hold their players to. Joel B is a future Hall of Famer. Yeah. That man is fat. He will never win a championship as his team's one option. It will never happen. Harden is a championship three option at the stage of his career right now. Maxi, I don't know what he is, he's a he's a damn good player. But Philly is not going to win a chip as currently constructed. And they might. Just, like I, just like I said, Randall is a championship three option dog. Philly is going to be a team just like Miami. They're going to just be winning for the sake of winning for the next few years. And watch, wait, watch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and God bless Mitch Robinson, Okay. God bless him.
2: God bless him. God, God, and,
1: and listen, Mitch Walt, We still gonna be Nick Fiend. So ah, I'm I, 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 I already done already living my life without Mitch Robinson. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I've done already living my life without him. Uh, you know, if, if he never uh, suited up for the Knicks again, I, I would never um uh, never uh, care. I would never I would never never even mention his name. You know, I, I wanted to say Geraldine. Geraldine made made the point too that when was the last time we we, we signed somebody? You know, did we resign our own players? You know, what I mean, you know, um, I, I get it, Geraldine, with that. But I oh, mean, Lord. at the Thank same time, like, if if we're gonna pay Mitch Robinson eight million, like you said, eleven is the max, only because that's the mid level exemption. If you give Mitch Robinson mid level, I ain't gonna cry about it. Right. You know, but anything more than that, I'm gonna be crying every single game, man. You know, and then, but then once you get the money, like like you said, once they get that money, the the the, the gloves are off. Everything that, that I'm saying, you know, I'm gonna be throwing um, you know, water balloons at at this guy every time I see That's him.
2: I, I, listen, I wouldn't be mad at you. I, I'm only the only reason why I'm fighting against what you're saying about him right now is because he's not getting paid that type of money to where I need to hold him to that type of stature he's, he's not getting now, to at all he's a free agent he's not getting paid at all right so if he gets paid on the Knicks and he comes back next season with R.J. Barrett because I know R.J. is going to get paid this summer um I don't want to hear about that eight point bullshit anymore I don't I don't want to hear about that
1: yeah, but listen, if you're gonna keep him, because that's what I'm saying, he's a free agent. So if you're gonna keep him, we gotta pay the money. So so if you're talking about keeping Mitch Robinson, that means he's paid already, He gave it to him already. In your mind, oh, you yeah. already paid him. So if your mind you already okay. paid him, yeah. then you gotta give him the flames. Because I'm I'm thinking if we're keeping him, that means we paid him 11 to 12, 15, whatever. We paid him more than we should have paid him if we kept Mitch Robinson. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm upset about that. That's that's what I'm trying to say. I'm upset about that.
2: What would make you all right? So the better question, what would make you not upset?
1: If he um showed up with um you know better manicured armpits, you know what I'm saying? Showed up in, in, in shape, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. Learned how to make a layup at, right. like, like the next video at that I see of him, he should be video. shooting with some some dude that 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 said West 4th Street shooting around in the in the in the park with a West 4th Street dude. Right. Come on, man. All right. all right, all right, all right.
2: For me, Mitch, if you get paid by the Knicks, motherfucker, you better help me win 45 games next season. Cause that's my minimum. I, I need 45 wins next season. Minimum. I'm not trying to hear that that whole because we, if you remove the Almighty fourth seed, the Knicks gotten better. We went from 21 wins to 35, 36, 37 wins. So next season I expect 45 wins. I'm not scared of these other teams. You scared of these other teams? I
1: don't give a fuck about this.
2: I'm not Philly. Well, you know,
1: the Mr. Um, Mr. Uh, what's the name? Um, uh, I am Jarrell. He was here a little earlier. I think he's on mm-hmm. Steph Show right now. But mm-hmm. I am Jarrell. You know, we, we were talking about it. Um, you know, he, he was just saying that, um, you know, um, <laughs> I lost my train. Of thought. <laughs> what were you saying? What were you saying just now?
2: Oh my god, these guys here. Now, nah, I'm actually reading the comments right now, right. <laughs> yeah i lost my train of thought Well, i mean you know what were we talking about mitch Yeah, yeah mitch and you know contracts and, and and stuff like that and we still getting on the guys we was actually talking about rj barrett and the guys and if we pay them we're going to start getting on these guys in real time and my my argument against what you're saying is just the role if the role is what tibbs is saying to certain people i want you to do this then Okay, that's understandable. So I don't want you to hold Mitchell Robinson to just the defensive-minded role. Maybe that's just what Tibbs is asking him. Don't 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 hold him to that.
1: I know that's you, you said I you said that a million times, but I'm gonna keep telling you that he's not the only coach that he played against, man. And he got four years worth of um of a resume to to go back on.
2: All right,
1: yeah.
2: All right. So I mean, I guess we. I guess we could get right into the um the calls then. Uh so we could talk about <laughs> these goddamn uh draft prospects. Cause I'm done with the center position because there ain't no goddamn team running centers in the goddamn fourth quarter in these playoffs anyway.
1: <laughs> so it's, it's not have a center. They, they, none of these teams have a center. But last year, like I said, there were plenty of seven-footers out there last year in the NBA finals.
2: That's a fact. That's a fact. Um, but this year it's different. Um, this year is about the wings and the guards, and um,
1: and then next year it might be about the centers again. You know, because if we make the trade for for um for Aiden and we got Obi Toppin, if Obi Toppin can become somebody, if RJ is supposed to be who he's supposed to be, and somebody, everybody else that we have, if, if they start becoming what they're supposed to be, then we could be in the NBA Finals too. we that we're that close. If everybody comes together at the same time. That means that <laughs> RJ and Aiden, that
0: means
2: <laughs> somebody quickly or Cam Reddish then got really good.
1: <laughs> that's, that's all. But that's he- a lot of them, though. You're talking about Cam Reddish. If Cam Reddish could become like a rotational, solid rotational guy, which is not asking a lot. You know, what's his name? Quentin Grimes, if he could do the same thing, if quickly could could really be who he's supposed to be now. You know and then now you got rose coming back uh you know if if obi Toppin like this this is saying that if we traded julius randall and then you know rj becomes the to the next level gets more um clean on what he's doing obi Toppin goes to the next level i mean you know this is a lot of, even um, my man deuce mcbride if, if all these guys um just go to the next level you know we're gonna be good
2: Yes, you know, if we trade julius
1: <laughs> yeah I mean, that's, a, that's a that's a lot of um yeah, that's a lot of that. ifs man
2: that, that that's asking a lot man but um this drive this drive i'm glad we talked about the center position because if mix mitch walks um then nick's gonna have a hole at the center position and me personally i don't want the Knicks to now i'm at the point <clears throat> I don't want us to draft a big with that spot. I want us to draft a wing. I feel like I feel like any big that is drafted on the Tibbs, he's not gonna play much. And a wing can help us like right now. Um, for example, you're seeing the Celtics. Celtics is running so many wings out there. You're seeing Miami. They're running so many wings out there, and maybe we need some more wing help than center help. And also, Tibbs, let's be real. If Mitchell Robinson walks, even if we're talking about Mo Bamba, the Knicks could be like, man, we got New Noel for another season. <laughs> so, so, I think I mean, they're already banking on that already.
1: Yo, if they banking on that, man, God bless them. Because he's already he's he's on the um he's paid already, so it's not like the the Knicks are in dire need of signing somebody. They already they already signed somebody, so I mean they they could they could just go to war with that guy, you know. Yeah. The guy they already have on the roster. Yeah. Um, it's not a good idea, but I mean you know still. Yeah. So you know
2: the Knicks got a lot of options at drafting. You know, hopefully Cam Reddish can give us a spark because he he is a tall wing um he's about he is six eight without shoes on um seven foot one wingspan but it's a lot of other wings that's in his draft so now let me pull up the draft and Oda state and dallas is tied 16 16 right now
1: well you know the the draft is up there for, for everyone to see there Got the NBA draft.net. So if you're talking about um wings, right? There's a lot of wings there, but if if we if we draft, let's say what well, one guy I want to say that, that that's definitely uh, moved up on my board, and it seemed like NBA draft.net's board too. Um, this um Benedict got dude, you know I, I kind of like him a lot. Now he's starting to because I'm I'm all I'm doing is watching videos now. Everybody's doing that, so I mean he moved up on on me so. If we draft him, let's say, let's say, if we were lucky enough to draft him at at, at eleven or whatever we do, right? Um, where does Quentin Grimes play? Where does uh, how does um, Cam Reddish fit into that equation? You know, you know, what happens? Burks is still on the roster. How <laughs> how how do we um uh, you know Fournier's here, is here, so we got this draft pick now. So how does this guy fit in the equation? If you talk about Tom Thibodeau, like we always like we always are, Tom Thibodeau are gonna are gonna make you know Mathurin um, like a uh, uh, G League All Star next year. <laughs>
2: You gotta trade Evan and Burks, man.
1: You gotta get both of them on. Cause what do you need them for? What, well,
2: you what, need wings,
1: though. You said you need wings. You know, so I mean, we if we draft another wing, young then,
2: wings, huh? Young wings. We need young wings. We don't need those.
1: We, we just we need productive need wings. Yeah. We, we don't necessarily need like they said. The age thing for you is is crazy, man. We don't. We don't. Ne- we don't necessarily need young wings. We just need um young talented on wings. We just need young, talented.
2: Talented wings. wings. Forget the young. Talented wings. We need talented wings. And Evan Fournier, Alec Burks. You remove those two, elevate Quentin Grimes. You know he's playing next season, right? So that's already – Tibbs is the coach. Grimes is going to play next season. Reddish is going to play off that, And I believe Reddish is going to play because of management. It's like – You don't trade a first round pick for a guy and you don't see if the guy tries to pan out. Like that is stupid. That is malpractice. So I think Register's is going to play. So if you remove Alec Burks and Evan Fournier off the roster, now you can say, okay, we need another wing. And in that situation, I would try to get Benedict McDermott. I would – love to see what the Knicks do before um, the draft though. see what news come out. See if they'll keep Mitchell Robinson, see if they'll keep Alec Burks and all those guys. I did see a report, though, that it said everybody's on the table on draft night. I think it was on Instagram that the Knicks were talking. But, you know.
1: Yeah, man. But listen, if if we trade Burks, right, and we trade Fournier, players are gonna come back. Hmm. That's you true. Know? Players are gonna come back.
2: Sure, like Quentin Grimes and um, no, nah, if it, but if players come back, I would love for them. I, w- I would love for the players that we have coming back to come back. It's not a problem with that.
1: You no, know I'm saying if if we trade Fournier, we we can't trade him for for um you know a bag of food stamps. You know, we we gotta <laughs> we're gonna trade them for bodies. You know, contracts are gonna come back. You know, Burks Burks makes nine. You know, Fournier makes seventeen. That's a lot of money. You talking? That's on um, twenty seven million dollars gone. That's that's a that's a um that's a, another Julius Randle right there worth worth of money that's gone. You know, so that that's not gonna c- come back all like um you know a salary dump. You know, we we're not gonna trade them for salary.
2: So my rebuttal, my rebuttal for that is uh, trade exemptions. Um, trade exemptions and the amount of draft cash. Capital that the Knicks have right now. Um, and those contracts that we are talking about is expiring. So, going into next season, those contracts will be contracts that you can get off of after next season.
1: I know, but trade exemptions, you know, it, are you trading a, a, a valuable trade exemption for Alec Burks?
2: It depends on what I'm getting back. I, and, and, And also, what's the reason? Am I trading? I don't want to just trade people just to trade people. That's
1: that's always. No, I'm saying for the other team. Let's say I I don't know. Like, does doesn't Detroit have a somebody? Somebody has a has a a trade exemption. Uh, Indiana. A lot of teams do. Okay, so if they have a trade exemption that they can use on a player, why would they say, you know what, Alec Burks? That's the guy I, I want. You know, because maybe they need to bolster their bench. I don't know about that.
2: See, <laughs> yo, that's funny that you, I can't, I can't, you know why I can, I'm not going to fight against that? Because that's what I'd be telling other people when they be telling me that the Knicks could make trades and the Knicks could get off of these contracts. Okay, so who the fuck want Alec Burks? And and then when I ask him, like, who want Alec Burks? It'd be like, yo, oh, God,
1: you know, no, but me. you're talking about the trade exemption. You know, if you, mm-hmm. you, um, Alex, no, no, Alex can, be you. can be traded. He could be traded, but not for a, 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 tra- a trade exemption. Nobody's going to say, Hey, let me get Alex Burke. So, real quick, a trade exemption is only for that season. So,
2: if you got a trade exemption, you lose it. You have to have a trade exemption operating above the cap, you can't have a trade exemption operating under the cap. So right. you you would have to use it. So to, you would use a trade exemption to get a player from another team that can help your bench or something. That That's the usefulness of a trade exemption. Portland got a $20 million trade exemption and a $6 million trade exemption. So I'm pretty sure they're going to use both and operate above the cap in order to get Damian Lillard help.
1: I don't know. I don't know about them them trading us a trade exemption for, for Alec Burke. Cause they got alec burks on their roster already who whoever <laughs> alec burks you know you know you can get somebody like that for, for um you know the scrap heap man yeah All right, oh, so man. listen we we got a we got a phone call, a call calling in from the 903 excuse me 908 area code so we're gonna see um if this is gonna work for us here uh, come on man And hey, what's up? This is Diannex Podcast. What we got on the line? Hey, man. It's
3: Joe videos. How y'all doing?
1: Cool, man. What's going on? Hey. Where are you calling from, man? You calling from Jersey?
3: Yeah, Jersey. I'm yeah, from Jersey, man.
1: All right. Cool, man. Good, good to hear from you. You can hear both of us. You can hear me. You can hear State.
3: Yeah, State. You mind speaking just so I can make sure.
1: Hey, what's up, Brody?
3: Hey, what's going on, brother? How you doing?
2: All right, man. I'm good, man. I'm good, man.
3: Word. Word. Y'all trying to talk some draft real quick?
1: Yeah, man. Let's do it.
3: Let's where what do you guys want to start with?
2: Wings? You guys got any questions or? Um, so I I guess I'll start off first. Uh, <laughs> if in the event that Mitchell Robinson walks right, and you see that the interviews that the Knicks are having, who you think is the best option at the Knicks if we stay at eleven? You know, and you know, and you know me, star videos. I want the Knicks to pick a wing or a guy who can. Play on ball, off ball. Who who can do multiple things? So, who you think is the best option for the Knicks? And then, um, also, um, is it as far as bigs is concerned? Who is the best big fit for the Knicks? If you're not going to say that they should pick a wing originally with the 11th pick. All right.
3: So um, when it comes to the wings, so I'm going to say, let's just assume the top five are off the boards. So that would be, of course, Paula Banchero, Javari Smith, Chad Holmgren, Shaden Sharp, Jaden Knight. Let's assume those five are off the board. I would probably say our best go-to right now would probably be, in my opinion, Benedict Mathurin. He's got the, uh, in my opinion, highest uh, highest floor and ceiling of any of the guys left. If he hits his absolute ceiling, I think he'd be a Jalen Brown type of player. Um, he's pretty strong, very athletic, um, the following him since he was in high school. Um, I really value developmental trajectory. So let's say there's one guy that's been really, really good since he was in eighth grade, but he hasn't gotten much better going into uh first year of college. Well, let's say there's another guy who started playing basketball in, let's say, junior year, and he was terrible junior year, but now he's at the same level of the other guy as he is in his freshman year, but he's been playing ball since he was six, and he's been amazing since he was in eighth grade. I'm always going to take the guy who's been playing basketball for less, and from a little bit of research I did, it sounds like uh, Benedict, he was uh, living out in Canada for a while. He didn't really have the best coaching staff with him. Um, and not only that, but you can see just from his first year in Arizona to his second year, he took a major leap, especially in um, isolation scoring terms. So that's probably why I would go with him, just because, number one, we need somebody with a high feeling. We need star power and bad. We need another wing. I, I love Cam, but you can never have too many wings. It's superstar upside. We need uh, – we need another wing besides RJ, man, who can uh, who can really hit for us and really get us you know another all-star next to him going forward. So I think he's probably our best chance at that, assuming those top five guys are on the board. I mean, he's got a great three-point shot. His uh, mechanics are great. He's got a lean body and uh, broad shoulders, so he should be able to put on weight in the NBA. I think if he adds around another 10 to 15 pounds of muscle in the NBA, he should be able to play um, some of the time with the three. Very good rebounder for the uh, shooting guard position at the moment. And to me, he doesn't really have many glaring weaknesses and all the advanced stats love him. Man. And uh, even last year when he was more so a catch and shoot guy, he was, uh, he was very efficient in that role. But this year he ended up becoming a uh, off-the-dribble scorer for them, a go-to guy, and he was extremely efficient in that role as well. So to me, it shows he's versatile. Um, and not only that, but from watching his interview, he seems like a really smart kid. And I, I take that in I, – I, I value that a lot. If you're a very smart kid, if you seem like somebody who wants to work hard, I value that very highly Of course, you know i can't actually interview guys so yeah i go with Benedict Mather and probably be my uh go-to guy at 11 if he's still there
1: yeah i agree with you man it, it sounds like like porn nick porn just now all, all, the, all that talk I know, there
3: man. i try i try
1: yeah man well you know also yeah. too with him he has a confidence to him too man so i i, I believe it when he's playing hard oh, and he's scoring and doing everything that he's doing i believe it because just his energy that he gives off
3: yeah, I mean, I don't know if you saw, I think the other day he had an interview. I didn't actually see the actual interview itself, but I did read. Apparently he thought they would be the, if not the best player, one of the top five players in the world in like the next five years or something like that. So he's got extreme confidence in himself. And not only that, but he's also extremely intelligent from what I've uh, heard from him. Uh, those two factors combined usually come or create a uh, very good player. There's a study done actually on uh, NBA All-Stars, and then they had a study based on IQ. Of the all-stars compared to the uh just regular players and the players who were all stars had a much higher iq than the average player and not only that but also much more charismatic um so if you watch guys who are all stars most of them are very very smart human beings very very charismatic um they work hard and knew who they are they're confident in who they are and uh, i see that out of benedict i'm oh, a lot too
1: mm. no doubt man good stuff what you, what you got on that on that, yeah. that state? now i'm
2: actually trying to um look up some some stuff about him. actually see me i've always been a guy that (laughs) i was kind of mad that we didn't make the playoffs this year (laughs) and i always say this like (laughs) so we shouldn't even be having these talks but you know i i'm just over here trying to see you know what can he do well and what he can do well the one thing i do see that is he he will be playing with RJ Barrett in the Canadian Olympics soon and he already had played with RJ Barrett in the Canadian Olympics. I think the U under um Yeah, night. they played,
3: they play together a good amount. I heard they have practice too a little, by the way.
2: Yeah, so you know it's a little chemistry there. Um six 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 guard, um Average seventeen point seventeen point seven points, five point six rebounds, two point five assists. Uh, let's see. I I would love for us to draft him. It's my only thing. Is the coach will Tibbs play the guy? I'm not interested in the whole Evan Fournier and Alec Burks experience no more. Like I said, the die hard like ten minutes ago. I'm good on that. Me neither. Can he play this guy? But. Okay. The second question, you didn't answer the second question, though. So, the second question was, I mean, well, the first question, I had a second question with it, whatever. Um, If the Knicks wanted to pick a a big guy, a center or a power forward, who is the best big man on the board for the Knicks if they stay at 11? So, if they stay at 11. So, I'm going to assume that means.
3: Chet, Jabari, and Paolo are all and, and, and this also means
2: And this also means that Mitchell Robinson is walking.
3: Okay. All right. So, okay. Mitch be walking. So, you're looking for somebody that's like a power forward slash center, not a mm-hmm. small forward slash power forward or something like that. You're looking for a big man, big man.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Just straight power okay. center. Who's the best person on your board for the Knicks right now?
3: Yeah, so uh, like I said, assuming Paolo, Chet, and Jabari you're off the board. It really depends what you're looking for, man. If you're looking for somebody with a high floor, I'd probably go Mark Williams. He's got the highest floor in the draft. And so not only that, but uh, he had a really high free throw percentage this year. It increased a lot. Um, I was watching him over at the combine shoot, and uh, he he was draining some threes. The forms look really good. It looks like he's on a trajectory of a shooting big. He's got like, a, I think it was like 9 9. Standing reach, which is just absolutely insane. Like, that's bigger than like Rudy Gobert. He's got a ridiculous standing reach. So, if you're going floor, let's say, I'd say his floor is like a. I would say it's, it's probably like a mixture of like between Mitch and Mobamba is probably his floor, like in between those two. And, uh, but I would say his ceiling is probably a little bit lower than somebody like a Jalen Durin, who he has a lot more question marks, but if he hits, he'll hit pretty big, I think. He's kind of a, uh, if He hits and he hits the ceiling. I can kind of see him being a bigger bam out of bio, if you get what I mean by that. Yeah, so he showed some passing chops in uh high school from what I saw. Um, only you know, like, my biggest problem with him though is actually say two things. My two biggest problems with him is his free throw percentage is pretty awful. I believe it was in the uh, it was in the 50s, it was sub 60, percent it was pretty bad. So that always worries me because I know a lot of scouts say that apparently three-third percentage is a better indicator of shooting when going to the NBA than uh, three-point percentage mm-hmm. based on some kind of statistics. And his free throw percentage was pretty bad. Um, and another thing is his handles really aren't there. He's not somebody that can... Like If you watch Bam at a bio when he was in uh, high school, you'll see a lot of highlights of him taking like, the ball up the court and showing some of that versatility that he now shows in the NBA in high school. He didn't really show up much in Kentucky, but in high mm-hmm. school he did. Whereas Jalen, he didn't really show it off much. But at the same time, Jalen, was he was a man of most boys. I mean, he was he was huge compared to these guys. He was dunking on everybody. So at the same time, you really need to use his handle. you just giving him the low post with a bucket every time in high school. Um, so that's the thing with him. I would say he's got the highest ceiling. So if are just going for, like, ceiling, like let's get the highest ceiling big man, assuming the uh, big three big men of Jabari, Paolo, and Cheddar off the board, mm-hmm. I'd probably say he's your best shot in terms of ceiling. So if you just want somebody with a high floor that you know is going to be a really good center on a good rookie contract, I would probably go Mark Williams. How
2: how you feel about um Tyree Easton from I believe LSU? I'm not mistaken. Oh,
3: yep, yeah, I, I yeah, I, I love Tyree. I actually like him a lot. The reason I didn't mention him is because he's kind of more of like a small forward, power forward. I can't really see him mm-hmm. playing center unless you want to go like really, really small ball. Like you'd have to kind of do like I think. If you want to use him as like a center, and you have to kind of do what the Raptors do. like, he reminds me a lot of this guy. I mean you guys of course know him, Pascal Siakam. He reminds me a lot of him when I watch him. Like when I watch him, like, it's like first time I saw him, it's exactly what I saw is Pascal Siakam. Mm-hmm. So if you guys are cool with a like Pascal Siakam type guy at center, who's you know, maybe not gonna be the best rim protector, but he he's very good at on ball defense, but he's definitely got ADHD or something, man, because there's so many times where I'll see him Let's say, for example, he's defending the guy. He's doing great. The guy passes the ball. He will he'll follow the ball a lot with his eyes, and then the guy will cut and beat him back door. He gets back doored a ton. Um, so that's why it's kind of like RJ's issue when he came to the league. Tries really hard, but the problem is his uh, his attention span. It's not great off ball.
1: The um, uh, NBA, NBA Draft Yeah, NBA Draft.net is comparing him to Marcus Morris. Uh, you know, I kind of see that body wise, body wise, really, with um, Tyree Easton.
3: Yeah, I think. Yeah, I can kind of see that. I think he's probably a little bit less of a shooter, although I will say, to be fair, Marcus wasn't really this much of a shooter when he was in college. Right. But I would say he's probably not as good of a shooter, but I think he's also a better athlete um, than Marcus is. So it's kind of like a mixture of, like, I can kind of see that. I would say he's probably more of like a mixture of Marcus Morris and Pascal Siakam. Like, those two combined into one player, that's probably what you get at Um, Question.
2: Um, Let's say the Knicks go unconventional. And they say, hey, we want to get Jaden Hardy. Do you think Jaden Hardy would be a good pick at 11?
3: So let me read you guys my scouting report here, and you guys can kind of be the judge of that. Where the hell do I have him? Okay, so Jaden Hardy. I currently have him in the high-level bench player potential um, tier, which is uh, like tier four. Mm -hmm. So I currently kind of see him as a six-man-of-the-year kind of guy. I'm trying to think of a good comparison for him. Maybe like a – like a CJ McCollum light or maybe like a, uh, maybe like a Tyrese Maxey type. Um, so that's just like sealing those. But here's the thing. Though. His floor is extremely low. His IQ is extremely low. Mm-hmm. Um, he takes a lot of bad shots, like a lot, a lot. First half of the year, he was atrocious. A lot of people that are like scouts, weren't even having him in like their top 30. Like they're taking out there, saying second round prospect. Cause he was awful in the first half, man. He was like, Really, that was like some of the worst basketball I've ever seen. Like he was like, it, like imagine Julius Randle, how bad he was this season times like five. That's mm-hmm. how bad he was this first half of the season. He's a huge ball hog, but he also does have some uh, shot creating ability. He's got some burst to him. Um, he's a little a little short. I think he's only six four, which is why a lot of people were thinking uh, preseason why he was so high. Because a lot of people thought he had more playmaking chops than he showed this year. I believe he averaged more turnovers than assists, which if you're a uh, guard, it's not a good look. Mm-hmm. So I want to take him. He's kind of more of a swing for the fences guy, but I think the chances of hits his ceiling are pretty low. I think chances are he'll be a very good bench score. But I, I, I think chances are he probably won't be the star that a lot of people think he is just because yeah. he has so many glaring weaknesses, and they're just so big, I don't think he can overcome them.
1: NBA draft on that, they, they got him compared to Buddy Hill. That's, that pretty sounds like Buddy Hill to me, with the way you described uh-huh. him. Yeah, yeah,
3: definitely. I can definitely see. But that's actually a pretty good comparison. I like
1: that one. Well, one guy I want to throw at you too. This is um, he's actually an older player. This is somebody that I think the Knicks probably would pick at a number eleven. And they actually um, uh, NBADraftNet they actually have him. The Knicks picking him. Uh, no, well, they well, he's picked ahead at Washington. Is that Ochi Anah I can't get his name. I never can get his name.
3: Okay, okay. Right. Yeah.
1: What do you think about yeah, that guy?
3: So he's kind of more of a. Yeah, he's kind of a. Uh, Shooting guard, small forward, another wing guy, really, really athletic. I like that about him. His shooting improved a lot. His ball handling improved a lot over the uh, off season. He's jumped in on a lot of people's boards. I'd say his feeling is kind of like a Mikael Bridges type. Very athletic, great cutter, great shooter, can do some creation. <clears throat> uh, like He can't be, first, like the main guy in your offense, but if he's like a fourth option defensive stopper guy, yeah, looks. Yeah, I think he could do really well in that role from day one because he's, he's already like 22. So I don't think he's got as high of an upside as a lot of these kids do, but his floor I think is very undervalued at the moment, and he could be a good player in the NBA.
1: Yeah, definitely, I agree with that. You know, NBA doc, draft on that they got him Desmond Bain and Kalina Asabuki. That's basically it. You know, media, you know, mediocre, run-of-the-mill kind of guy, like every every day kind of player. You know, he's older too, yeah. twenty-two years old. You know, that that's something that's that's really gonna. He's probably gonna fall because of that. So it- oh, yeah, they'll, probably,
3: they'll probably get picked late, lottery, probably somewhere around like. 13
2: to 20, I think. Yeah. So so is there any player that the Knicks could pick out 11, or even if the Knicks don't pick them, that that said player between 10 and 20 is going to become an all-star within the next three years, three, four years? Because there's always a player like that.
3: Um. Give me one second, let me see who's on my board right now. I got Jalen during tight, tight Washington, no. and, and also hold on no. another guy, too. Mm-hmm. That, that
2: i seen the Knicks, um, a lot of people mock uh, the Knicks to is Dyson Daniels. And um, Dyson Daniels, we all knew he grew to six eight, uh, he's six foot seven and a half without shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, we know he. He says that he's a point guard. Um, how do you feel about Dyson Daniels and, and, and his potential being picked out 11 for the Knicks?
3: So I think Dyson Daniels is somebody that has a very good basketball IQ, for, especially for somebody with his build. He um, should be able to play both the shooting guard and point guard positions and spurts on the next level at a pretty good, uh, at a pretty good clip. And here's the thing, you got to remember, he's playing with uh, Jaden Hardy, and he's also playing with uh, Scoot Anderson who are both very doll- ball dominant. I mean, he I would say he was like the fourth option on that team, maybe even the fifth, um, when it comes just to like how much he had the ball in his hand. So while a lot of people see, oh, he only has average five assists, you know, that's, that's I right. but what a lot of people don't realize is that he did that off ball for most of the year. So I think that makes it a lot more impressive. Because if I think he was their actual point guard on ball guy, he could easily average somewhere around like eight, nine assists per thirty six minutes. So um, I, I like him a lot as a playmaker. I think he kind of be like the wing version of a Draymond Green. Um, I think uh, he's probably the best guard defender um, in this draft at the moment. He's great at he's great at uh, posting up on smaller mismatches. Solid athlete. It's weird. He's for some reason in the game he doesn't look like a solid athlete, but in the combine, which I'm not really a big guy on combine stats, but in the combine I know he did the best in the uh, drill and all the shuttle stuff. So he. He, for some reason, at Combine, is extremely athletic. But when you watch it in the game, he seems to play at his own pace a little slower. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm a little worried about his handles when it comes to that. But the good thing is, if he is a good uh, Combine guy, he's good without the ball in his hands. If he can make his handles better, he could be a much better athlete. I can kind of see him being like a Jimmy Butler type of guy. Mm. Um, not only that, but he's also, uh, like I said before, very good at uh, finding mismatches and exploiting them. Um, he's a very good rebounder for a guard. He's got a great steals percentage, block percentage, which shows uh, very good grit. And he's usually a good indicator for a guard success in the league. And he, uh, has a pretty solid three point attempt rate and a good free throw uh, free throw percentage. So I think his, uh, three point percentage when he was in the G league isn't representative of what he actually was as a shooter. When you see the volume and when you see the, uh, when you see the free throw percentage, so I think it'll probably be like a 32 to 36% shooter in a league. Uh, let's say, like three to four threes per game, Scott. If he shoots, like, let's say, I don't know, 12, points shots a game, probably like 25% of shots in the league, could be from three. But like I said, needs to tighten the handle a lot. His uh, shot IQ needs to improve. He needs to find some go to moves for when he's not within HP as a hoop in isolation. Uh mm-hmm. he's up to level on his jumper but so it's kind of on and off that season. He has a uh, low free throw attempt rate, which kind of scares him, especially if you're a guard, even though to be fair, he is a big guard. But that might actually make a now. I think about it. It's, you want your guard attacking the paint, and you want him not afraid of contact. And his mm-hmm. low free throw attempt rate, I'm, I can't say. So I've only watched like four G League games. So maybe the rest were just giving them a hard time. because so like, you know, he's younger, giving the rookie treatment. But at the same time, you did have a really low uh, free uh, free throw rate. So that kind hey, of scares me. Question.
2: A little. Um, I got a question for you. And, uh, yeah. I got a question. For you. So did Josh Giddey have these same uh, deficiencies? Because when I watched Josh Giddy, that was also a guy like I wanted on the Knicks. But was Josh Giddy a guy like he had these same deficiencies as Dyson Dames?
3: Um, so Josh Giddy, I think, is a better playmaker. Um, he's a good amount taller. He might be a little craftier finisher. He's mm-hmm. got, obviously, I'd say Dyson has a much better post stuff game when it comes to in the paint, but when it comes to just drives in general, not like posting up smaller mismatches or anything like that, I think Giddy's got on top there. But I do think Dyson is actually going to come out as a better shooter. Um, Giddy might be a slightly better one off the dribble, but I think off the catch, Dyson will be the better shooter. And uh, the difference between those two is I, I think offensively, outside of playmaking, Dyson also knows his role better. I think Giddy still kind of thinks he's a uh, – he thinks he's like a superstar in the making when it comes to shot creating, which he's an amazing playmaker. But I would say shot creating wise, he's not quite on Dyson's level yet. And I think Dyson also knows he's not really the greatest shot creator. Whereas Josh doesn't really know that yet.
2: But also, but, but do you but don't you think but don't you think after this season Josh Giddey just had, you don't think he mm-hmm. could become like that all star level type of guard?
3: Oh, no, I definitely do. I definitely do think he can be that. I'm just speaking on at the current moment right now where I think he's mm-hmm. at. If we're talking future-wise, yeah, he can definitely be an all-star one day. He really needs to work on his jumper, but if he can work on his jumper, he's already got great finishing touch. And, uh, yeah, I think, I think he's a jumper away from being an all-star, but, like, a really good jumper. So I think if he can get a pretty, like, above-average jumper, he'll definitely be an all-star, yeah. Right. Well,
1: I'll throw a name out there just as a comparison for Dyson, just to get back to Dyson Daniels. Uh, uh, Sean Livingston. What do you think about Sean Livingston as as a comparison?
2: Love Sean Livingston.
3: I can kind of see that. Um, Sean, I would say, is more so of a uh, mid-range shooter, whereas i say Dyson, he tries to get into the paint a lot, posts up smaller mismatches. I would say he's kind of more so of like, I'd say he's like a mixture of Draymond Green and Sean Livingston. He's a little stronger than Sean. Sean might have been a little more bursty Mm with the ball in his hands, but uh, yeah, I'd say he's probably a mixture between the two. I don't really know if he's a pure, pure court guard or if he's, like, a connector, kind of like a Draymond is. And don't get me wrong, Draymond is an elite. Like, he might be the best connector in the NBA. Yeah. Um, But I would say, yeah, he's kind of more so, like, in between those two. If you could, like, combine Draymond and Sean Leveson into a player, it would probably be Dyson Daniels.
1: How about um Jalen Rose? That's another guy that, when I look at him, like, physically, he kind of reminds me of Jalen Rose. Because Jalen Rose started off as more of a facilitator. Then he graduated into that 20-point-a-game mm-hmm. score for a little while. You know, what do you, what do you think about that one?
3: Um, yeah, I can kind of see that. I can kind of see that. They got similar bodies. Um, They're both, like you said, they both came out as playmakers and are evolving as scorers. So I can kind of see that. I'd say it mostly relies on uh, where it comes as a jump shooter. But I'd say he's a better defender than Jalen Rose was at the same age. And I'd say that uh, he's got a higher upside than uh, Jalen did. I think he's a slightly better defender than Jalen. And Jalen was a solid defender, no doubt. But I think Dyson can be like all NBA defense. All uh, NBA defense type of guy, and I also think uh, eventually he should be able to guard one through four and also play one through four. If he's uh, six seven and a half right now and maybe six eight, if he can grow to like six nine, I see no reason he shouldn't be able to play point guard, shooting guard, small forward, or power
1: forward for you. Which, yeah, you know, of course, would be huge. That sounds like a tip's favorite right there. I got him on the screen there <laughs> right now, uh, Mr. Tom yeah. Tibbles. <laughs>
3: yeah, I could I could definitely see him loving him. I can't lie.
1: Cool oh, man. I, I like to hear you talk basketball, man. I, I, I didn't know you was on um, you was um spitting flames like like that, man. You know we gotta get you, we gotta get you on here more often.
3: Hey, man, just let me know. I'm on Twitter at Campus home right now. I should say Sto videos when you look it up, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, just at me, I'll come over uh, whenever you guys are on, I usually try to jump on, see if you guys are doing any calling, see if the little call in number is at the bottom. So uh, next time I see that, I'll definitely call in too. Or just like I said, give me a heads up on uh, Twitter and uh, yeah, I'll be game. games. Let me know when.
1: No doubt about it. You got anything else you want to throw at him? Um, just to state, uh, so I see,
2: um, right here, Jeremy So So Can, oh, whatever his name is. Um, tell it, tell it, tell us
1: about him, the Polis Destroyer, man.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he plays extremely hard. I would say he's possibly. It's between him and Dyson, in my opinion, for the uh, best wing defender in the entire draft. Mm. He's got a really high upside. He's fairly skilled for someone 6'9". I mean, in today's NBA, a lot of big men that are playing the 5 are uh, around 6'9", 6'10". So I think he should be able to play the power forward and possibly even a little bit of small ball center um, down down the line, of course, once he uh, strengthens up. But he's also got an over 7-foot wingspan. He's got solid footwork inside the paint. His touch seems to be better than expected for somebody with his uh, free throw percentage and three-point percentage, which leads to uh, questions on if his three-point percentage is uh, fixable and if his free throw percentage is fixable. Um, He averaged over nine rebounds per 36, which is extremely uh, solid for a forward per 36 minutes. Um, He will have just turned 19 uh, on, I believe it was May 20th. Uh, Yeah, so about four days ago. He just turned 19, so he's still extremely young. He averaged 1.0 blocks and 1.8 steals per 36, which shows he uh, has very good athleticism, length, timing, uh, cue, and uh, hand-eye coordination. And he also had a great uh, two-point percentage of 59%, which, I mean, the Knicks, we need finishers and, uh, and badly at the basket. So he could definitely be a very great cutter and finisher for us. So I definitely see some value in him, but the only problems I would say with him are he's still fairly raw. He needs to be more assertive offensively. He had a 59% free throw percentage and 30% free three-point uh, three percentage, which is obviously not the greatest of science for his uh, long-term shooting ability. I'd say his form and mechanics when it comes to shooting free throws looks a little different between the two of them. And, uh, yeah, I'd say he's also a tactic foul drawn, drawn and uh, can be a little bit mechanical, kind of like an RJ. He's not, very, uh, he's not smooth. He's not like a Paul George or Tracy McGrady type. He's more of an RJ type. Where he's very mechanical, but he can get to his spot and make it work to the point that it doesn't really matter much, and uh, I'd say his upside is pretty high. I mean, he's somebody. If, if he turns into like a Kawhi Leonard light, I wouldn't be surprised. Or if he turns into a uh, complete bust and's at the league in like three years, I also wouldn't be surprised.
1: Right. So
3: he's got he's got a range of outcomes. He's uh, he's definitely a swing for the fences type of guy, in my opinion.
1: They got him compared to Kyle Kazumo and um NBA Draft
3: I'd probably compare him if I'm just talking like median outcome, like not floor, not ceiling, just like median outcome. I'd probably go like Robert Covington. Mm. That'd probably be my uh, that'd probably my comp if we're just talking median outcome, not talking uh, not talking ceiling, not talking floor. I'd say Robert Covington.
1: But as far as the Knicks though, he's six foot nine, two thirty. He's projected as a power forward right now. You know, he, he can also develop skills later on down the line. But right now we got Julius Randle and we got Obi. So I mean, SoCam is very similar yeah. to Obi you know, in a lot of ways. Yeah, I
3: think he's pretty similar to uh, Cam Riders as well. He's got a better motor than Cam, but he's also not as talented and smooth as Cam. So I think the two of them be a little bit redundant. I think he's a better defender than Cam, but I also think uh, offensively Cam may have a lower percent chance of hitting his ceiling, but I also do think that Cam's ceiling is extremely high. And I don't want to get somebody, how do I put it? I don't want to get somebody that I know is going to block out Cam if we end up keeping Rangel Burks, Fournier, all those you know <laughs> guys. Um, which hopefully we don't do. I'm hoping we can get most of them off the team. At worst, like I don't know, keep Derrick Rose and Taj, I'll keep them on the bench. Um, but yeah, I'd probably say I wouldn't mind him, but what scares me is he may take Cam's spot if we don't move enough veterans.
1: Right, I agree with you, man. Good stuff. So, um, I, I got, I got, um, I got some two, two last questions for me. Um like who who would yeah. you wanna who would you wanna pick at a number eleven or, or who would you wanna focus on in the first round for our pick number eleven or whatever? And then the second half would be like what would be your, your like second round steal that you would try to go second for. Half, yeah,
3: like um so to answer your first question at eleven, uh like
2: oh <laughs> I don't know what just happened. <laughs> Oh my God, dog!
3: (laughs) But yeah, I don't know, man. It's 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 a tough decision. There's so many guys out here, man. I I, of course I think personally him and RJ could work really really well. I think it could be kind of like a Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum type of thing. Obviously not to that level, and of course it's kind of they're very different. I think RJ and uh, Alex I both comp closer to uh, Jalen Brown than either of them comp to Tatum. But I can kind of see it being a very dynamic wing duo, and I can kind of see where, let's say, like Cam and IQ come off the bench, and that's just like a giant spark for us, and they're not giving us much worse production than those two, and I think it would be pretty dynamic. we got uh, Malachi in here, and he turns into an all-star next to RJ. Then we have those two and Cam and IQ coming off the bench. That could be deadly, especially at the uh, guard
1: wing positions. That's awesome, man. Malachi is a is a guy that I'm I'm looking at. There's so many wings. I feel I feel like you know we, we could we could probably do well drafting any of these guys, but they're so close, you know. In, in my opinion, as far as like like their projection or just their ceiling and their floor. Man,
2: man.
1: yeah. So, so I mean, I, I don't know what to do, man. It's almost like playing is, Russian roulette, or, or not Russian roulette, but just playing like roulette. You know, this, this is one of those
2: yeah. where, fellas. It's going to be. We. This is one of those drafts. Two years from now, it's going to be who picked the wrong wing. This is going to be one of those drafts. I already see it now, because it's going to be. It's going to be a wing from this draft where nobody knew, and be like, damn, he's damn near. all he's an all star now, and the other wing is going to be a bust. I already see it now. We're gonna give it two yeah, years. Yes,
3: definitely definitely that's why i like um malachi and ben so much i think those two are perfect and the thing i like about malachi too is i think we can move back again i think if we want to move back get an extra first for next year so we can move up next year's draft and the year's draft is just absolutely stacked yeah i mean victor is just he he is stud among studs same with Scoot henderson both of them are playing against pros at like 17 they're just they're just amazing they're just so good for their age and i can't imagine what they're gonna end up doing next year so, I mean, if you can, and not only that, but there's like a bunch of guys in high school who also look like studs. There's this one guy that reminds me a lot of like Evan Mobley. I forget his name off the top of my head. I'm going to do more research on the uh, next draft class soon. But yeah, if we can move back, get Malachi and a future first, we can use that to move up with a Mavs pick. I can see that benefiting us a lot. Um, come next year's draft, we can get a real, real difference maker if we're not able to move into the top five this draft.
1: Yeah. I- I just my, my my best day. I, I just put up. I put, I put the 2013 draft here just to take a quick blink. There's a lot, there's a lot of talent there, man. It's like unbelievable high school and um you know freshman college guys. It's, if,
2: if the Knicks, oh yeah, if the Knicks, I'm gonna say this to both of you guys. If the Knicks is in the lottery in 2023, <laughs> something horrible, horrific happened. Next season,
3: I'm telling y'all that right now, right now. Hey man, I don't want to be there either. I'm just trying to be realistic right now, knowing that a lot of these bats are coming back and of is coming back. I'm just
2: trying to be realistic. Can I? Can, can I hope I not. Be realistic? But never know. Can Can I be realistic with you while you're on the phone right now? Yeah, go for it, man. So for me, when I watch the playoffs, the Knicks is still two years away from being two years away. <laughs> and <laughs> what, what do you think is the best option for the Knicks? Is it, it, is it to just play kids next season? Because we the 2023 draft, it got high schoolers and it got college players. Or do you think they should, like, try to go for it and, and, and go to the playoffs and, and try to do what they can do to change the image or the, the culture?
3: I I'm personally going all kids, bro. Next year, I'm trying to get all the vets out of here. Maybe leave a couple. Maybe like leave like a Derrick Rose. make him like a six-man type coming off the bench. and you know, a bench leader. Maybe leave Taj. So, you know, you help the centers out, the big men out with their footwork. And don't really play them much. Because what we really need right now is we need another superstar. And we need to find out quickly if anybody on our roster has that type of upside. We play Cam next year 25, 30 minutes per game. Is he going to be able to show enough potential that we think we can keep him and he'll bloom into an all-star one day? If we have uh, IQ, can he turn into a starting point guard one day or even a starting shooting guard one day? And uh, can he hold up defensively against shooting guards for an entire year as a starter? Um, I have a lot of questions with kids. Where does RJ end up? How, what is his leap next year? So I think next year is a very big evaluation year, so I'd probably rather play the kids and just end up where we do in the draft just so we know where we are.
1: You know, after looking at that draft, just put it up there for for next year. I, I, I kind of agree with that. You know, we, we were just arguing for like an hour about the census and stuff. So I mean, like getting like a, a Mobamba. I think I think we lost um we just lost um uh, my man here, stupid videos. But um, you know, you know that whole Aiden thing. You know, just trading just for the simple fact that we get a little bit younger. You know, and then we, we can um uh, you know just take a step back with the with the timeline a little bit and then look forward. To next year, you know, if, if we lose again and we be in, a, in the lottery, it's a different whole different draft, man.
2: Man, listen, I'm not thinking lottery next season for 2023. I'm thinking playoffs. Yeah. I'm so playoffs if we are in the lottery next season, which is possible because Tibbs is a 64-year-old going on 65, and he's a madman. And it is possible that the Knicks can run it back next season. And would I be surprised if we are the 12th, 13th seed in in the Eastern Cup? No. I wouldn't be surprised. The only things that would make me surprised is if the Knicks don't trade Randall, if RJ don't become an all-star next season is if we are in the lottery next season. Those three rings right there would surprise the hell out of me. After what you just seen this off season, and you've been conservative, literally me and you've been talking about the next past four years, last two years with Leon Rose, the man been sitting on his caboose. Been, he's been chilling, ch- ch- chilling. He chilled after almighty fourth seed, and rightfully so, right? You you got the fourth seed. You won many games. But then, yo, you can't chill no more. So this is the offseason where I'm looking at him like, and I'm hearing star videos and we talking about the 11th pick. I don't even want the 11th pick. <laughs> the fuck? How are you not trading up? That's, that's madness how Leon Rose, how are you not trading up? You can't get six. I seen a team trade back from six to eleven in a draft recently. The Cam Johnson draft. So we can't get six. You just gonna stay at eleven. So you just gonna be lazy again. Lazy Leon Rose.
1: Come on, <laughs> man.
2: He gotta stop his bullshit me. Mean, he gotta stop that, man. It's it's
1: nonsense, man. Dodd is nonsense, man. It is nonsense. I just wanna make make sure we give we give him on um, proper uh um, praised him, man. That, that was some stop stop videos. Yeah. Let, me, let me get his Twitter stop up okay, so everybody can know who, who that was, given all that draft info. Yes, uh, this sir. is him here. This is his avatar, Mr. Stop Videos. Man, he's, he gave us good content, man. I really mm-hmm. appreciate the call. Like I said, we're going to be calling on you a lot, man. You gave us a lot of good insight. And, um, there's a couple more, more questions that now is coming to mind that I want to ask you, but you know, we'll, we'll get you on another time. We could we could trap it up, definitely. So, yeah, man. I'm our, our coach. It, it, it's
2: so many questions that the Knicks need to answer. They're going to answer a question within the next six days, though. That question is that Mitchell Robinson question. And um, shout outs to Stop Videos. Go follow my guy Stop Videos.
1: I'm going to follow him, too, because I don't know why I'm not following him. I thought I was following him. There you go. I'm following and, him now. <laughs> my bad.
2: And is, you know, we going to see that, that Mitchell Robinson question. And what's that Mitchell Robinson question get answered, then I could know a lot of things about the Knicks because I really want the Knicks to, you know, trade up. I'm not interested in drafting at 11. Um,
1: if we draft that 11, it's stupid. But who are we trading up, though? If, if we trading up, who, who are we looking at to trade up, you know? Somebody going four to 7 Portland don't need the seventh pick. They don't need but, that. But shit. You got to send me a player. You tell me who who would you like to go for that? We're we gonna go through the trouble to move up. If Jaden Ivy just falls
2: back <laughs> to seven, you know, God willing. You got to trade up to give, go get him, man. You got that, that's just a scenario right there.
1: Um, all right. Well, me, you know, I'm still looking at NBA draft on that. They 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 compare Jaden Ivy to Anthony Edwards, Donovan Mitchell. That's big, that's big talk right there. They're, they're talking about he's gonna be like a really good. He's gonna be a twenty point game scorer coming out, coming in into the league. Do oh, you think he's, he's gonna, gonna be, be, be that good?
2: He's gonna be really good. He, yeah, yo, dog. Are you still doubting me after
1: last? I doubt
0: year's
2: doubt
1: draft? <laughs> yeah, I get you, man. But you know, also too <laughs> that that dude, Mathurin guy. He they compare him to Jason Richardson. Jason Richardson is not a bad player either, you know.
2: He, he not, came into the league I think
1: average of fourteen.
2: They they should have gave me Michael Finley. If you'd have gave me Michael Finley, we could talk.
1: Michael, so, Michael, Michael Finley is good. Jason well, as a comparison to Benedict Amathurin? Yes, that 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 whole Josh
2: Richardson, nah. Michael Finley though, we could talk. No, to. I said
1: um Jason Richardson. Jason, he's
2: not that good. He's not better than Michael Finley. I know that.
1: Yeah, I mean Mike, Michael Finley was good, you know, but I mean so was Jason Richardson. <laughs> he was good too. Nah, not like
2: Michael Finley. Good though. It's, that's a different type of you. You get what I'm saying? Like it's a different type of good.
1: Man. <laughs> it's good. Then it's it, ah,
2: right, it's good.
1: He's good. Hey, man. Yeah. I mean, personality wise, Jason Richardson was like a like an asshole. He, he, would, he would try to wait, 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 wait. You talking about Jay Rich? I'm talking about Jason Richardson, the the dude that, that was the one the dunk contest.
2: Oh nah Oh oh! wait, hey, I'm being disrespectful. I'm thinking you talk about. Man, damn, dog! I think you can talk about the guy from the Mavericks, the guy that played on ball. Oh, damn, I'm being disused. You're talking about Jay Rich, Jay Rich. Nah, Jay Rich was nice.
1: Yeah, he was damn. good. I mean, this guy, Michael Finley, he came into league averaging 15. He eventually got up to 22. He averaged 20 yeah. points for one, two, three, four, five seasons straight, 19 points after that. So, you know, basically six seasons, he averaged 20 points a game. Uh, you know, Jason Richardson basically did kind of similar. At one point he was averaging 20 for you know a couple seasons. Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, we'll see. I, I I feel like Portland is not gonna pick at seven, man. That's yeah. just me. Um, when you got a guy like Dan, and if me and you was trailblazer fans and we got the seven pick. I don't want to see that seven pick walk through the door. <laughs> right. I'm trying to win a
1: chip, man. I ain't trying to. We'll, we'll check it. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, we, we just said that you know that that, that um this guy uh, Jaden Ivy, They're comparing him. They're saying that he's gonna be a twenty point a game scorer coming into the NBA. That's what they're that's what they're projecting him to be. So if, if we if we trade um to to the seventh, uh Jaden Ivy might not be there. So if J if we did go through the trouble and to to get Jaden Ivey and he's not at seven, then what do we do there? It depends on. What do the teams
2: before that pick seven, what do they do? You get what I'm saying? Because because Detroit, they don't need a guard. Indiana, they don't need a guard. Portland, they don't need a guard. It's like, what are they going to do? So... It's well, I mean,
1: Jaden Ivey, mean, if he if he's drafted in the in the top four, and you know, like they got him going to the Sacramento Kings. Sacramento might take him because they don't know what they're that's, doing over they, they they there. They, they dumb. They dumb as hell. They, they that's dumb as hell. But still, Jaden Ivey, they, they they're projecting him. This is NBA draft.net. You know, is you know they're saying that he's going to be a twenty point a game scorer. So, right. You know, if if Sacramento picks him just because of that reason, then then you, know, you can't fault him for that. You know, they can't just like let him go, hoping that the Knicks would trade up to get the seventh pick.
2: Yeah, Sacramento going to be Sacramento. We know that. So (laughs) once Sacramento, you know, start acting like a real NBA team, right, and they actually draft a wing at four, then maybe we can, you know, probably get Jaden Ivey at seven. It all depends, though, man. I just think. Jaden Ivey is that
1: good, though. Even though Detroit doesn't need a guard, I still would draft Jaden Ivey and then sort it out. I
2: would, too. I wouldn't know I but me and you have logic.
1: Right.
2: The Kings don't have logic. So it, <laughs> you gotta
1: think I can't see Indiana going past him either because they, they they got a, a good point guard there. They got some guards there as well. But if you can draft Jaden Ivy and he comes in there and and he is what, what what they say he's gonna be, then I would just sort that out. Trade whoever needs to get traded just to get that guy in that starting spot.
2: So for me, Indiana, I agree with you, but that's Indiana. So I know Indiana is not going to take Jaden Ivey according to their draft history for the past few years. That's just me. Um, I think Jaden. I think Indiana would take a wing as as opposed to Jaden Ivey because they already traded for Halliburton. You get what I'm saying? So I think Jaden Ivey really had. He has a realistic. It all depends on Sacramento. What do Sacramento want? And it's already reported Sacramento won a Ready Now player. Um, I see my guy in the thread. He put out some nonsense of a trade where Julius Randle's going to Sacramento for the fourth pick. But I'm like, yo, bro, they already got Sabonis. How the hell is Sabonis and Julius Randle going to play in the same front court? But, you know.
1: It's not videos. I, I don't know if you're still listening, man, but we, we definitely it out y- your channel. Yeah, it's not videos. Yeah, man, to uh, to follow you and stuff like that, but we're definitely gonna be calling on you um to uh, to contribute a little bit more, man. We really appreciate your call, man. Yes, sir. Definitely appreciate you, stop videos. Yeah, the, um, the phone line is still open, so if anybody wants to call and you can call him if if you want to just to say what up if you want. Yeah, man. It,
2: it, it. I don't know. It's interesting. It's interesting. Just for me, I I would like for the Knicks. The main thing I would want the Knicks to do, it all depends on Mitchell Robinson. If you're not, if you're letting Mitchell Robinson walk, what are you doing with Julius Randle? Because I'm trying to play. I'm trying to. I'm trying to pay R.J. Barrett this summer. I'm trying to give him his extension this summer. You can easily trade Randle for the seventh pick. Pick whatever wing you want, right? You still have the 11th pick, and you can easily pick a big with that 11th pick. So now you reset, having to pay. Another young big man for four years and another young wing for four years. And you could keep your cap space, you could keep that whole uh 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 what, what's the word I'm looking for? Um you trying to be flexible. That's the word I'm looking for. Trying to keep that flexibility, you get what I'm saying? Um, just by resetting having to pay a guy another two to uh, another three to four years, actually. So that's what I would do if I'm the Knicks, Um, because your team is not ready yet. The Knicks, they're not competing for a chip yet for the next two years.
1: We got to clean it up. I I really, I can't, I can't stop dreaming about it. I really think I like the idea of having Obi and, and, um, and Aiden together. I I just like the idea With, with RJ as the leader. And um, the, whoever else you got out there, you know the Quentin Grimes and all that sort of stuff. I, I think all those guys is a, is a good mix. You know, we, we're gonna need a good player out of this draft. You know, like I said, um, you know me, me and um and, and um you know, stop videos. We, we like Benedict McThurman. Um, I like him. You know, if the Knicks were able to draft him or Jaden yeah, Ivy, you. you know, that's that's that's. I think that I think we'll be cooking with grease. We'll be ready to um go into the following season to get the next draft pick and then possibly you know uh you know sign somebody else to get into the, that group and then we'll be the team that everyone's going to be trying to copy because we'll we'll be ready ready Did to start a high
2: schooler you, they, they drive two high schoolers
1: <laughs> who's that <laughs> whoever
2: in the 2023 draft they just drive two high schoolers
1: <laughs> because i mean because uh at, the, at this point like you're, you're talking about a bunch of vets now uh, you know uh, RJ is going to be like a five, six-year vet now. At that, at that point, quickly is going to have some time on him too. So we already got our our young vets already, you know. So if we drafted a couple of young guys to to go behind them, that's a good. That's that's fine, because you know, now you you um you're helping out the timeline now because we got a current group that's going to be doing what they what they do, and then we'll have a, a young guy young guys coming up. That's essentially what Golden State's doing. At you know, they got point, they got a lot of young guys on that on that team that's just behind the the current players that are playing. You know, I, I'm not going to hold you up.
2: At that point, I'm thinking trade. <laughs> I'm not gonna hold you up I, because if I'm going to, if I'm going to state and I'm gonna chip this year, you gotta think about it. Are you gonna keep are you gonna keep Kaminga, Pool, Wiseman, Moody? Are you gonna keep all four of those guys? You gotta think about this. I would. You gotta. Or are you going to keep trying to Curry, and all of those guys? Because you're going to have to pay everybody soon. People got to get paid. So, yeah. at, at some point, you got to make a trade. And, yo, the Warriors can literally make a trade for any – yo. Know, they can make a trade for any young
1: superstar center
2: right now. Literally, literally they got the pieces for
1: it. And they yeah, can but- – just- at the other, on the other hand, too, they they still got that young kid. Um, What's his name? I'm trying to find him on the list here. Commit who? Um, uh, Golden State Center. Did they trade him? No, James Wiseman. Yeah. No, they did not trade him. Uh, I don't see him on 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 the list here, James Wiseman. Oh, because he didn't play. That's why he didn't play. That's why he's not there. So anyway, they got James Wiseman on the roster still. So I mean, you know, James Wiseman is their star center that they can, they can eventually push push up there. Yeah. You know, that's, a, I mean, that's, it's amazing. They, they have the next generation of basketball players right on the roster already. Could Kaminga, Gary Payton, the the second, you got Damian Lee is pretty good still. Uh, You know, uh, Jordan Poole right now could, could um start for them, you know, eventually. Cause I mean, Klay Thompson, is his knees are, 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 are done. You know, he, maybe he might have a bounce back season next year, but chances are he won't. He's going to be going down. Klay uh, Thompson's is 31 years old. So, I mean, that's going to be Jordan Poole's spot. You know, Curry's 33. You know, how much longer is he going to be the greatest shooter they ever played? You know, he, he's definitely going to change, too. So, guys like Kaminga, they're going to have a spot. Gary Payton. Well, Gary Payton Jr. is 29. I didn't even realize he was that old. 29? That's got to be a typo. Gary Payton the second? Yeah, he, nah, he's old. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, nah, but, you know. Wait, yeah, I mean, It doesn't so- matter because
2: the Warriors is going to be winning for a long time, and that's what I need my Knicks to do. The Warriors the not Gut their team for a superstar player. They just built
1: their core. This yeah. building, building. Shout out to Wiggins, too, man. Wiggins is playing his ass off right Ooh.
2: now. They went, yo, I, yo, we set trade for Wiggins. Set trade for him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I mean, that's nice, man. That's nice to see the Warriors do something that I envy what they do right now. It, they're playing their draft picks, and they're winning with them. They didn't gut their team for no stupid superstar trade, and they can and they sold high on D-Lo, Something I want to do with Julius Randle. Yes. They sold high. You sell high, and you get Kaminga.
1: Yeah, I think that's what that's what we got to do. We got to we got to sell high on Julius, and then you know take take a chance on on these young guys. Let them play. Uh If we win, it's nice. If we if we lose, we we got to stack draft that we're going to add somebody else to to the mix. And then regardless of the fact if he win next year whatever we are still not going to be the championship team. But I think in two I, between next um, next season, full season and then um the season after, that's when we are going to uh, be making our our step. You know, hopefully that we will be leading the next generation at least in the Eastern Conference, you know, going forward, you know, because I mean, we are young, but we're not going to be young forever. Two more years added on to this, you know, now we're we're players. So we have to prepare, we have to be looking in that, in that direction. I got a fun fact for you.
2: The Knicks, as it currently stands, if we only pay RJ Barrett in 2025, we will have a hundred plus million in cap space Sheesh. If the TV. If the TV, um, contract goes through and it's on the cap goes up to hundred, um, $171 million. And you only signed RJ Barrett to a five year deal, we'll have 100 plus million in cap space. In the same offseason where Donovan Mitchell, Tatum, and Giannis, and all those guys, is a free agent, all you got to do is just be patient. But RJ Barrett has to become really good. <laughs> like, like it, it, he and God, this is why I give him so much positive energy because i understand i don't try to think for now that's why i never argue for the i never argue for the playoffs the previous two seasons we had i didn't i didn't really want playoffs Mm -hmm. because i understood like the future like i'm always for the future like i understand like right now we're not a championship team but we can get there but it's going to take certain people taking certain steps to get there boston plays four players in their starting lineup who they drafted.
1: Imagine if we drafted our own defensive player of the
2: year. You know how proud I would be, bro? <laughs> like,
1: yeah, I mean, proud for that reason, I, I, don't, that, I don't care about either. No, because, no, no. I mean, but I just want to win. win. I just want to <laughs> win. Regardless of, if, we, if we're if growing them in our backyard or if we bought them at, at the grocery store, I don't care as long as we win. But,
2: but they're winning, drafting their players, and they can win a chip this year. And then number one option is drafted. That like they groomed them. They didn't Boy. buy their way to no chip this time. If they get a championship, Golden State, they didn't buy it's still a championship
1: though. It's still a championship regardless. They win buy, you know sell. It doesn't matter. You just got to get there. How did how did how do you get there? How There's so many they- different ways. Look at I mean the last year's champion. They they um they didn't they didn't just draft everybody. They they made a lot of uh, roster moves on that on that team. That's true. But you know, their
2: best player was drafted. That's all I'm saying. That's all. That's all I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? Know,
1: like every player doesn't have to be drafted. Everybody doesn't have to be homegrown. You know. True, but if you go, if you're looking at
2: the context of this year and last year, even the year before, yo, these guys are usually drafted to their teams that are. Like if this year, if we if me and you are watching the Celtics versus Boston in the finals, they drafted their guys, bro. It's no, it's no way around the whole try to trade for a superstar. Forget the Donovan Mitchell stuff. Right? They got they didn't buy anything. KD should have never left. He dumb. What are you what?
1: I mean so listen it, I get it the, the Knicks are never going to be in in a, in the market to to um to sign a superstar that's done but that's not what I'm saying
2: I disagree with that I disagree with that the way you get into that market is if you draft well and you play your set guys and you start winning
1: consistently
2: that's my point to that
1: Well man you, you you keep trying to make that 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 argument we're saying the same damn thing you just you just I'm um, trying to get to the same spot you know in in a different way you made a left I made a right but we all going to the same spot but you still arguing with me the whole way hey man I, I play Mario Kart <laughs> <laughs> my, my, my thing is no matter how we get there I hope we get there we'll we'll, we'll get there I, I think we can agree with and maybe like two more years we'll probably be hopefully if things work out two more years we'll, we'll be like contenders finally again
2: yeah yeah I, I think I'm hoping in two years. I don't, I don't think next year will be the year, but the year after I think will be we'll be ready. I think R.J. Barrett is going to. I think he's going to be an all-star next season. That's just me personally. Uh, I think you know if things shake out to on, on on the grace of God, you know quickly is the starting point guard because you know. We don't trade for a point guard and stuff, and I think we're just gonna do well. I think we're gonna do well, man. Yeah, but it, it, it all depends on what Leon Rose does to do this summer because Evan Foyer, Alec Burks, New Orleans Randall is still New York Knicks as we currently speak. The person who ain't a New York nick right now. There's
1: a guy who he argued on for <laughs> an hour. hour. <laughs> to me, like it's a like waste of argument. That dude should not be a Nick next year. We we need to we need Julius <laughs> Randle and Julius Randall needs to be he needs to be gone, you know. So mm-hmm. that's the big trade chip. So we we need to focus our energy to get him off the roster. So by getting him off the roster, we got to get somebody else in here that's gonna help us out. Mitchell Robinson too. I am like I'm, I'm trying to say Mitchell Robertson is already off the team for me. I'm not even thinking about him. I, so he, I, unless we could sign and trade him to get a player some somebody that could help us. I'm okay, I'm with that. But, you know, you know, if we can't do that then I will let him walk. I don't care about him. You know, I, I'd rather trade Julius Randle see if we can do something with that. So, I agree with Daha with this. I think the
2: New York Knicks should have a whole new starter in front court. <laughs> um and that's what it, that's what I just heard from you, and I think that's what I just heard from you, um, but I would absolutely love a whole new star in front court. I mm-hmm. think that R.J. Barrett, to me personally, I would like R.J. Barrett at the shooting guard spot. I don't like him at the small forward spot, even though he averaged – he was top five in small forwards and rebounds per game this season. I, I just prefer him at the shooting guard spot. I think he could play his game better. I think he could really – I think he's learned how to um, find his spots and spot up and shoot the ball. He played that role already, already in the almighty 4 seed. So if I believe that R.J. Barrett is a shooting guard, um, I would like for us to, you know, get a small forward in here or another wing in here at least. Or just promote Cam Reddish like a logical person would and see
1: if the guy you traded a first-round pick for can flourish. Cause that'd be nice. That's that's what I'm with it. Cause I mean, you know, I mean, Mitchell Robinson. I'm tired of talking about him. You know, I, I feel like we need to get rid of him. And and but in order to um, in order to get rid of uh, Fournier or Burks or, or any of these guys, we're gonna have to get. We're gonna have to take players back. So we might end up getting a center back if we trade for somebody. You know, somebody that can fill in that spot. You know, that could do what Mitch Robertson did, at least a little bit of what he did. You know. It's not really asking too much either. That that's the whole point of the whole argument. It's not really asking too much to to replace the production that Mitch was giving us. It's like, for example,
2: uh, you trade Evan Fournier back to the magic for Mo Bamba and um Mitchell Robinson walks, and that opens up uh that opens up a starting spot and a rotational spot all together. Right? right. That's Kind of a way you could do that, but it depends on what the Orlando Matt. I know the Magic gonna pick Shaq, so I know Mo
1: Bomber's walking. So we'll see. Yeah, Mo, Mo walking too. There's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of dangling talent out there. The Knicks Knicks got to figure something out. You know, we, we can we can get Mobama, You know, but we would have to do something to to do that. We would have to give up something to get Mobama. We can get him. And you know? people people keep saying the
2: Kings. See the Kings is dumb. I don't know how they run their franchise that hard, but if I was a Kings right now, if I would, me personally, I'm trading Fox because I don't think Fox will ever bring my team to anywhere I need them to be. And I'm trading Sabonis. I'm stripping that team down to the bone and I'm tanking. <laughs> and that's just me. I don't see a path where they can, you know, get to where they want to be. But if they continuously talk about trading that fourth overall pick for people that can help them win now, by all means, y'all can take Randall too. Takes a bonus, you you want Randall too, you take him too. But I don't know if they're going to do that, man. 11,
1: Reddish, Fournier, four Harrison Barnes.
2: I don't know if they're going to do that. I don't know if they're going to do that.
1: Well, I mean, they got De'Aaron Fox. He was born in 97. How old is that, man? I got to do math now. 97. I freaking graduated high school in 97, for Christ's sake. So, I mean, he's like uh, uh, 24 years old. You know, Sabonis is 25. So, they're, they're at a stage where they're going to have to start making making a move to try to, you know, take advantage of, the, of these um, players that they have here. You know, so they, they, they might be in the market. They might be in the market to get a... Um, to get another another player, you know, so they might end up trading that pick. So, I mean, still getting number 11, like like they, like he says here on Mike K. You know, nothing, nothing. I call him Mike Doctor. I, I'm thinking that he should probably change his name to Mike Doc, you know, because uh, he is he is a doctor. Um, you know, he, he comes up with a lot of trades, man. I mean, trading Reddish and Fournier for Harrison Barnes and a number four. And they also give the 11. I mean, you know, a stupid team like Sacramento, they might do something like that.
2: Yeah, that's stupid. That's a – what? They'll
1: be dumb as hell if they do that. But who knows? They um, might believe in Fournier and, and they, they might believe in Reddish. And they still think they knows. can draft somebody at 11. I would hate to
2: trade Reddish in that deal, but my – I'm getting the fourth pick. I'm trying to get a blue chipper. That See, now that's a deal with Leon Rose, me and you, I, I I'm instantly hitting you up. Yo, yo, we doing a podcast right now. All right, that, that's a deal yeah.
1: where I say, yo. He's doing stuff that I want to see, like he getting aggressive. But, but, look, but look at this move, though. Like that number, we we get rid of Reddish. I know you don't like that, you know. Mm-hmm. But we we lose Fournier and, and we get a, um Jaden Ivy. Jaden Ivy is gonna be there at number four.
2: Yeah, And, you abs- and, and even if Jaden Ivy not at number four, whoever's left out of Jalen Smith, Palau, Shed, you can pick that player. <laughs> yeah.
1: So. Yeah, because I mean. You know Sacramento, they might think like, okay, well, we already got guards, we already got small forwards and stuff like that. But we, we don't need a power forward because we got Sabonis and we and we we don't need a, a guard because we got you know um you know Fox. So they might be thinking like, okay, well, let's just give up the pick and just just pick low and get that center that we, that we need. Yeah. You know, they might they might be thinking that. Well, I don't well, know what they, they, the hell these idiots are thinking, but, but I'm just you know, boy, trying boy, to figure something out.
2: Or they could think Sabonis is the center. Julius Randle's Chris (laughs) Webber. Yeah. (laughs) They
1: might be thinking that.
2: You never know. (laughs) You never know. That's Sacramento, man. Sacramento has been, they haven't been in a playoff since Pokemon Silver came out, man. (laughs) (laughs) LeBron was just drafted. My God. Like, like, something got to give with them. Damn, people talk about the Knicks franchise
1: being bad. Shit, yeah, they're bad, man. Like, like, like B. Willis said, man, it's us against the world. Real Knicks fans know we all together. That's why we're doing these podcasts. That's why you, every single night you tell me, yo, 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 you, you want to go on tonight? Like, goddamn, you know what I'm saying? But I mean, because, because, um, it's us against the world. We love these Knicks, you know, with all our hearts, and we can't wait to get these these thoughts out and just just talk about it because it's fun. It's a good way to get away from from uh, you know the bullshit of the earth that we, that we dealing with, you know, and then um you know come together for this for this bullshit that we got in the back here, yeah, you know? all this orange and blue stuff.
2: Yeah man. Yeah, yeah, man. So I'm gonna assume that the next time I talk to you, we are gonna have some more Mitchell Robinson news.
1: <laughs> well, I I didn't about Mitchell Robinson too too many two days in a row, man. So I I'm I'm done with Mitchell Robinson, man. I hear you. Yeah. I don't want to talk about that
2: motherfucker no more. The the, the 30th is coming up. And he ties into the the next draft pick as well. (laughs) Because I'm telling, I'm telling you, bro, I'm ready for us to pick Jalen Duran and walk away with a smile on my face and call Jalen Duran the next superstar. So 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 I I'm prepared for that nonsense. Um but we will see. I guess we got into that to everything. Um you know the main reason why. Yeah,
1: I, man. Yeah, I'm with it too, man. I love the off season. I love, I love yo, like, like with um, with stop videos, um, stop videos was here. You know, um, I I love to hear people talk, man. I love to hear people talk about the Knicks. To me, it, it's literally like like porn, porno man. music, man. If you're talking, I like to hear what you got to say. I, I like whatever. Like, people might mm-hmm. think it's stupid or or trades or whatever. Like, oh, that would never happen. It's any other, but <laughs> it, yo, it's never. It, but it's just a conversation. We're just having fun just having fun here just like we're talking about chicks and you ain't never gonna get that that chick so why you even talking about it you ain't hollering at her right so why you even saying anything you know you know (laughs) i hate guys that do that guys we we be in a group and then one guy be like "Hey, what's up what's up mama so listen man stop embarrassing her you know stop making her feel uncomfortable if you like her go go on go talk to her (laughs) oh you ain't gonna talk to her so it's the same shit yeah um you know same conversation oh this trade this trade that trade but you're gonna clown a guy because he's making a trade but the same thing. There's a, there's a beautiful girl walk by. Um, you're just going to tell me that she's pretty, man. Go tell her. What the hell are you telling me for? You know, it's yeah. the same thing.
2: Yeah, man. That's what, that's what the Knicks will do to you. <laughs> 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 oh, man. Yeah, I hope Leon Rose makes something happen, man. Because yeah. all this conservative nonsense he's been doing the past two years, enough is enough, man. Going in your third offseason, man, you got to make something happen, man. You got to trade up, man. You y'all was talking this trade up um during the OB topping draft. Um, y'all traded back last year. You got Quentin Grimes, you got the extra first round pick. Um Quentin Grimes, solid player, um, role player. It's time. You got the 11th pick? I would like for them to trade up. Uh I I I need yeah, We I need gotta him. do
1: something. The roster needs to be cleaned up. We got too much bullshit yeah. on the roster. You know, you got, um, you know, just Julius Randle, the whole Julius Randall situation. You know, we got to we got to make a change. Got to make a change. Man. Yeah. You know, man. The big the <laughs> freaking big Gerber baby. In the oh, always my say. God. Yeah, oh. We got to make a change because it's, it's killing the, the vibe of, every, of everything. You know, Tom Thibodeau, you know, he's killing the vibe, too. It will, I, all that will be sorted out. I, I don't think Tom Thibodeau will be here in two years. You know, and, and then once we get once we get to that point, you know, we'll see where we're at. But. This so this is a very pivotal offseason. Two,
2: I give it next year, man. I give
1: it. I, I don't I don't.
2: If you want me to be honest with you, he should have been fired this summer. Yeah. So the fact that they're keeping him, it doesn't give me a lot of confidence. Now, what does give me confidence is Leon Rose and he traded for Cam Reddish. So that tells me that. He's still with the rebuild. He's still with trying to trade guys and try to get better. He's still with that whole whole ordeal. But you know, I need I need to see something new from Tibbs, man. Cause what happened last season, that's all on him. All the point guard stuff that me and you talking about, he could have easily started me and you quickly. All the defensive stuff that me and you talking about with the starting unit, he could have easily started. Uh, Quinn Grimes over um, Evan Fournier, like certain things he could have
1: avoided himself,
2: and yeah, he did
1: not. He he could have took um the ball out of Julius Randle's hand. Julius Randle was literally just running into three defenders, bam, with a head first you know, <laughs> turnovers and stuff. He could easily stop that by just by just calling a, a play, you know, calling yeah. a pick and roll. Take take him out out the power forward spot. Start making him a point forward, and um you know let's let's play basketball. Let's you know let's play organized basketball. Yeah. Simple. It's it's so
2: damn simple. That's another indictment. Like you didn't you didn't help save your your team's best player, and we both recognize that Randall was our team's best player. And it's like you you didn't help him at all. You didn't help Evan Fournier. You didn't help none of the vets. You had Alec Burks bring the ball up five hundred plus times this season for a team that runs one of the slowest paces in the league, and you got diehard telling me about. Mitchell Robinson again defensive rebounds. Don't no shit. When Don't we're barely no shooting shit. the fucking ball. He's
0: trying to, to start shit at the end of the
2: fight. Oh, are, you, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? This slow-ass offense. tim got to get it together, man. Yeah. That's all I know, man. I, I Next season, we could talk about RJ Barrett and all those guys, but the coach, I got to see something from the coach because – he ran the same stupid ass offense from last season to this season. That shit ain't work. And um, yes, they are bizarre. Like, really bizarre. Like, Alec Burks over Emmanuel quickly as starting point guard, bizarre. Like, like keeping Rand to win when you know he's shitting the bed when you got Obi Toppin just sitting on the bench, bizarre. Or playing Nerlens Noel at the five when the Lakers got. Fucking LeBron James at the five, bro. I will never forget that, bro. Literally, we got on the podcast that night. The man had Nerlens at the five, and LeBron was at the five for the Lakers. And you, you're seeing Nerland's getting shredded out there, bro. He getting cooked, and I'm like, "Yo, Tim's help him." And he continuously <laughs> like, "I will." We need we need protection out there. You stupid 1990s
1: dummy. Like I, yeah, I mean, but you know, he's a dummy at 1990s. But a lot of the fans talk the same way. You know, they, they don't want to get another guy in there because it's gonna it's gonna take away from RJ's development. And we got to do this because a, a lot of these fans deserve deserve what we what we what we got going on here with um, Tom Teville. Yeah,
2: I I could care less about the whole. The, the whole get a guy in here and he's going to take the ball out of RJ's hands. I could care less about that. I could care less about the whole bringing anybody in here and then taking the ball out of anybody's hands. Because ain't nobody good enough on his team. The way we can make that argument, the ball needs to be in their damn hands. Yeah.
1: So well, and- a, lot, a lot of people think that <laughs> we need to get Julius Randle out of here just so RJ could be standing on the island by himself. Just so he can get all the shots. That's That's so- not the way to go either. So personally,
2: me, I want to get Randall out of here. It, one is because of RJ. I want the ball in RJ's hands more, but it's not because I just want RJ to be the number one option. It's because when Randall's off the court and you see the ball in RJ's hands, and he's the one option, the ball just it, it just looks functional. It looks like a basketball team now. That that that's that's the, that's the
1: least I could ask for. That's just just Needs to get out of there. We, we need to get. The, we need to bring the team back. That's all. That's the least I can ask for. It's not even the
2: whole. Just yo, put the ball in R.J. Barrett's hands and. All right, cool. I want to see R.J. Barrett be a three pick, but the hell with that. It's just the basketball aspect. Like, bro, I hate seeing the ISO basketball every play. Like my team runs the slowest. We start our offensive sets so slow. The ISO basketball with Randall is just so annoying. It's like I want to see a different style of basketball. And when he's off the court, specifically, and it's just Obi Toppin, and it's just RJ Barrett and the other young guys, and even if you could throw Alec Burks or Evan Fournier out there, it looks like basketball. It it looks like at least it looks watchable. At least baby steps.
1: Yeah, we got we got time to save Tom Thibodeau for himself, man. Make make that move and just um, you know, just to spread the team around. We need we need things to be spread out a little bit better. I, I think we'll get. I think we'll get what we're asking for. So we just got to prepare for it, definitely, man.
2: Yeah, I'm a I, listen. I'm a RJ fanboy, but I know my boy's limitations. There's no way out in hell. I want to see RJ Barrett shoot the goddamn ball twenty times a game. I'm I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> that's just me personally. I think 15 shots a game is just good for him. We he's shooting this season, I don't even want him shooting that. 17, I think he should shot 17.7 shots per game this season. Um, He was so inefficient. I feel like he could be more efficient with less shots. But you know who that's on? Thibodeau. You know who else that's on? Leon Rose. Get a more functional starting lineup. You got Mitchell Robinson and R.J. Barrett. Your two draft picks around julius Randle, evan foyer and alec burks are you shitting me or are you shitting us <laughs> like come on now i'm just so sick of mentioning certain guys on our team it's kind of annoying yeah. so hopefully they can make changes Yep.
1: Yeah. well i think we out of here man we covered everything we got two two and a half hours in this motherfucker. i'm probably gonna cut this this um this this video and make another video just so people can go right into the draft stuff, man. So look out for that, for, for those that are popping in now, watching the pod, you can check it out. Yep. Um, you know, soon, <laughs> you know, also check the audio podcast and everything like that.
2: Let's do this. Yeah, man. Um, parish, man. Like I love it. RJ, but I'm not that, I'm not that type of person, man. Amazon Alexa, um, Stitcher, pod, uh, Google podcast, you know, Apple podcast, Y'all know where y'all can find us at, man. I, I'm trying to not be a RJ Homer fan. I'm trying to be a Nick fan. And when you think it for the team, thinking for the team don't mean RJ Barrett shoots twenty goddamn shots per game. It's talking about.
1: I'm not talking about you though. I'm just saying, like other fans, they're, they're, they're all they want to talk about is RJ Barrett. How RJ Barrett is the greatest, and you can't say nothing bad about him and this that, and the other. Like, nah, you no, know, I was man, not. No, I nah, was five, five. You know, it's five, five, You know, we got to get this team right.
2: No, that's a fact. No, I was just answering Paris Duggar because, no, nah, he is right. And I even accused myself of that, like having to say, having to overbear with the R.J. Barrett stuff. Like I had to accuse myself of stop doing that. So I understand what you're saying. And, and I understand what you're saying, dog. Like people got to stop the R.J. Barrett fanboy shit. Like <laughs> whenever you criticize R.J., it's – Oh, um, F you and, and they start talking about your family. <laughs> it's like, goddamn, like RJ Barrett paid goddamn rent. Like, god, like, relax. <laughs> man,
1: people are bugged, down. About that, people are bugged down in this world, man. <laughs> anyway, Steve, let's get up out of here. Yeah, man. Yeah, thanks for hanging out, guys. Once again, shout out to, um, to Stop Videos. Is it Stop what? Videos? Stop or Stop, Stop. It Videos? Yeah, Stop
2: Videos. Okay. That's his name. Um, shout out to people who pulled up, man. Pudge Nice, 19 Command, man. YCB Willis, um, shop Powers, you know, to Nee Myers. You know, usual people, weight loss, health, diet, man. Um, Stop videos, once again, you see his Twitter icon, man. It, it's Seeing it right on the screen. Mike Johnson, shout out to you, brother. Um, Craig Waite, let see you, man. Mike K, I am Jarrell. No cap space talk, C-Mac. I see all of you guys, man. My uh Sherwin, definitely. Um, Sean. Um, all of you guys, man. We appreciate all of you guys, man. But we out of here. Um, die hard. I appreciate you, brother. Till next time, and Nick Nation.
1: We out of here, man. Peace. Bye. Bye, guys. <laughs> I hit the wrong button. Here it goes.
0: Bye, guys. See you. <laughs>